on this episode of Quantum Week, December 23rd through 29th, 1979. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and we talk about movies and music and headlines, our personal stories, whatever the fuck we want to talk about. Honestly, we are in the end of December 1979, the very last week. 1979, and uh, we're talking Manhattan and What a Fool Believes by the Doobie Brothers. Yep. They're not related, but they do be brothers. Yes, that's the mic line, of course. Got that out of the way. Uh, um, So this is our last show of any sort before the, well, that you're going to hear before the live show. Yes, that is correct. So uh, if you haven't bought tickets and you're a patron, buy tickets. Um, I'm guessing you already have because you're a patron. Thanks. You're our favorite people. Uh, yeah, we're going to tape, just so you guys know, we're going to tape one more episode. We're going to tape the Kramer vs. Kramer episode on Wednesday, it sounds like. Yes. But you folks won't hear that until the day after the live show. Yes. And then, I know what I'm going to do for my birthday. Should I announce that now, or should I do it at the live show? I want to know. All right, I'm gonna, we're going to go to, uh, October 1994. 1994, okay. The Patreon movie will be Quiz Show, Robert Redford. Uh, okay, yep. About the 1950s uh, TV uh, scandal. Yeah, and uh, the movie? Yes. The Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, I figured. Yeah, I went back and forth a few things. I was considering Observe and Report. Um, I just, the other movie, like, it was obviously never hit number one. So the other the movies that hit number one, I think it was only top 10, like two or three weeks and all the options sucked. Yeah. So I was like, eh, I don't know if I really want to like have like a lousy Patreon movie. And then um, I considered Godfather. Like I said, The Ringer just did something. Uh, I bat around a few other ideas. Like, I'm like, eh, you know what? Like, I haven't seen Shawshank in a while. It's really interesting to talk about. It is one of my, like, top five favorite movies. Maybe yep. it'll drop down. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a while. Yep. Um, I just think there's a lot there. It's an f- interesting movie to discuss. There is. I think we were more apt to hit Shawshank Redemption than we ever will hit Observe and Report. And I do, I would like oh, to talk about so. You really? Oh, they, I know. I think it- they were on the top 10, like, both, like, two or three weeks. Like, even Observe and Report was? I thought it never hit. It was only oh, no, it was in the top ten, like two or three, so never uh, number one. Oh, okay, okay. Shawshank Redemption, same boat. All right, so maybe we will hit Observer. I'd like to talk I don't about think that. So hit like top ten, like twice. Okay, so we're never gonna fucking right. talk. We're never about gonna it. hit either movie. So I had to pick like organically. We will not hit either movie. Now the only reason to maybe not choose Shawshank is more people are fond of it. So in yeah. theory, someone like a patron or like yeah. could have won a poll. Yes, yes, that's, yes, yes. That's the reason not. Yeah, to pick or a Christmas it. show or something. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, the Christmas show we're doing, It's a Wonderful Life. I mean, like, we did a poll last year around but, yeah, Christmas. Yeah, we're going to do that again this year. Yeah. Um, right, so there's something like that. Could, although, then, then again, we did a poll and fucking Battlefield Earth win. So <laughs> people just had to torture us. So. People suck. Um, Can yeah. you move uh, to your left a little bit, too? I want I want you to be, just move this the entire chair just a little bit. I'm moving the chair? Yeah, there you go, because I want you right in front of the microphone, like the actual uh, place of the microphone. So we can, what, do, you wanna, do you want the world to hear you or not? I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh, so, uh, yeah, so I, I did, I did give it a lot of thought. Yeah, you did. And, um. Did you want to choose the music too? Yeah, I do. Okay. I, yeah, actually, I get to pick the music for another week too, by the way. Because I predicted Joe Biden would win the presidency. Did we, uh. We bet on that. We bet, you picked the music? Donald Trump had won. You got to pick the movies for this week. I totally forget yeah, that that yeah, happened, yeah. but, it's uh. A little bet. Awesome, let's do that. We can, yeah, we can do, do it, uh, like, uh. Like the one year anniversary, it'd be fun. So maybe in January we'll do that. It'd be a fun little okay, thing. Cool. Thing. cool. Um, yeah, I'll pick the music. Obviously, we have to do number one. I'm sure the number one song will suck. I'm sure it'll be something. Probably, yeah. Shitty. Like, right. Probably, probably 
know, Mariah Carey or Celine Dion or something. I'm sure it's not good. Yeah, probably be both. The second song could They'll be do fun. a duet and you know, we'll have to cover that. <laughs> that would actually be interesting. <laughs> uh, the second song, uh, yeah, I think that would be more fun for me to pick. But yeah, be fun. Okay, cool. Nice. I'm looking forward to that. And then we have, uh, in December, we have a, a Patrons Week coming up, which I think has a, uh, some fun some fun movies in the early 80s. So that'd be fun. And then we have our poll coming up. So we have a lot of... A lot of stuff happening. Yeah, a lot of stuff happening before the end of the year. Yeah, exactly. We only have like six weeks left. Yeah, we got the Christmas stuff. movie coming up. We'll have that episode as well. Are you well. sure it has to be a, It's a Wonderful Life? I feel I've yeah. seen it just a million times. Yeah. Okay. I think so. It's a good one. Nah. One of my all-time favorites. It, I know, and that's has why to be I old think... Movie. Do you have an old movie you'd rather do? It has to be really old. I'd have to think about it. Uh, I think it fits well. It's Christmas. I know it does. It's just, it's kind of skewing towards your taste a little bit here, which is fine. That's fine. We'll do it. We can do any Christmas song you want. Oh. <laughs> you don't have any Christmas song you like? Uh, I mean, the, uh, I just feel like they're so overplayed. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll find something, but it's not like you love that movie. There's I no do. Christmas song is that I love. That oh much. no, actually it, it'll just be not enough. It doesn't have to be on the top or no, nothing. No, no, no. Yeah, okay. Then yeah, I, yeah. Actually, I think I brought it up in the last show, but we'll, we'll, uh, I brought it up on the last Christmas show. All right. We went through it, I think, because we yeah. did our, to- our favorites. Right, 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 uh, right. So I brought it up, but I'll, I'll pick one that's, um, non traditional Christmas song, but yeah. it's a Christmas song and we'll do that that's one. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, whatever you cool. want. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So that's fine now. You're excited about it, right? Now I'm excited. There Thank you. you. Thank so you. It wasn't that hard. Uh, <laughs> all right. I guess that's, uh, it's, and then we're back next week for you patrons with our Kramer versus Kramer. Yep. Uh, and I think you picked the song. I forgot what it was, so. uh, it is uh, Promises by, by um, what's his face? Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yep. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to talk about uh, Manhattan? All right, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, you want me to go first? You can if you want. I, um, I, uh, I hate to say that I love this movie, but I do. No. It's, it, it's an amazing movie. Shut up. No, I'm dead serious. It's beautifully shot. I hate black and white films, honestly. Okay. It is one of the most beautifully shot films I've ever seen. And I, I, I didn't want to like it, but I'm sorry. I love this movie. This is an A movie. I'm sorry. No. I'm dead serious. I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry. So this is, this is the real horror movie of this week. It's not Alien. It's this movie. This is the most disturbing film we've ever covered by far. <sighs> it puts City of Angels way in the rear view. Oh, no way. This is a movie that makes it okay to be a child molester. Yeah, it, that's rough. It is rough. It, it, and the way it's shot, the way it's directed, uh, and the way it's written, it's making excuses for preying on young girls. Okay, I don't think that that's what the movie was trying to tell us. I have a number of examples. And we'll, we'll go, we're going to go through them beat by Let's beat. Let's go blow by yeah, blow. Because this is rough. So before we get into all that, yeah. I will say the opening sequence of this is maybe the most beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, it's the most beautiful open in film history. Um it's, yeah, Gershwin, uh, of course, Rhapsody in Blue happening. Yeah, of course, Gordon Willis, the director. Yes. I'm sorry. Uh, the I'm the sorry. cinematographer, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I had a Freudian slip there. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, uh, it, he, you know, Willis, known as the Prince of Darkness, of course, he was the cinematographer for the Godfather films, yeah. um, was criminally underrated in the 70s. Um, directors understood his brilliance, but yep. the Academy didn't. He didn't even get nominated for a cinematography. Should have for this. For this, right, which this is ridiculous. Is, it's better. I, I don't know all the movies on, on the list. We, well, I think we covered it last time. I don't yeah, think. He I did Presumed Innocent, I believe. Um, yes, he, oh, yes, right, he did. He, about was, was, he did a great job with yes, that one, did. too. But but uh, I know we went, I think we went through the nominations last, uh, when we did Aliens, right? For on uh, Saturday? I don't know if we did. We'll, we'll, we definitely do the nominations when we do Kramer's Kramer. Okay. That, um, that, that one. But I know, but for cinematography, it, it, this should, I mean, it doesn't get any better than this. No, uh, it really doesn't. It's, uh, it's so, 
So I'm watching that first, you know, the, it's set to Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, which is just perfect. Um, and it honestly, I swear to God, watching this, which I've, I've seen the, the opening segment, I don't know, maybe say a dozen times. I've never seen this movie, by the way. This is the first okay. time. I've, well, third time I've seen this movie, sec, uh, like the 12 times I've seen that opening sequence. And the, it makes me, <laughs> I think it's I want to move back to New York. <laughs> I know, right? Because, you know, the, every single shot they sent, they, they showed, I, I've, I know what it is. And, yeah. and, uh, and every, you know, Alan, Woody Allen loves New York. Um, and he, everything he picked was obviously with, with great care. Uh, and then shot beautifully by, by Willis. And a lot of those, almost all of them still exist. All of those landmarks still exist or sure. they exist in different ways. Like, you know, Yankee stadium, obviously that been torn down, yeah, but right. we have a new Yankee stadium, sure. but like, but you're getting all of that same feel. And I thought to myself, my God, I want to live, I want to live in New York. Again. But then I'm like, you know what? They don't show in that fucking sequence. They don't show two things. Uh, bums with, uh, no, with, uh, no. assholes bleeding. No, they don't. There's two major things they don't show. Yeah. And that's, that's subways. Your transportation. Yeah. And they don't show anyone's apartment. Because they don't show what it's actually like to live there. You're getting a fever dream of New York in that segment. Right. The apartments that they are in are much larger and nicer. But we see apartments in the in the movie. Yes, I'm talking do. about just the opening segment. Oh, just I see. First I see, five I see, minutes. I see, I see. They don't show a single subway and they don't show a single apartment. Yeah. You're seeing the beauty alone of New York without any of the challenge and difficulty. And it took me, a, I, I watched, i like, oh my God, I want to I go back to New York. Then I thought, like, oh my God, I really don't. Because yeah. then I thought about not having a dishwasher. I thought about having to lug my laundry around. I thought about, you know, having to, you know, carry bags of groceries that out. I paid way too much for five blocks just to get, it was just, a, it's, everything's a chore and yeah. it's a hassle and you forget. And it, it, I had just gone, you know, I just went to New York last summer. I, it was a fucking miserable experience because um, it was just the energy, the city's like really low. It was just, it was just like, it's so dirty. It's like, oh, so gross. Um, so I'm glad I had that re- refresher because for a second there, watching Gordon Willis's montage, I'm not going to give, I'll give some credit to Alan there, but it is so beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's the, and I mean, there's a number of scenes in here that just are breathtaking. I mean, you think of the planetary, uh, planetarium, the, um, the way it's lit is amazing. It's amazing where they go out into the shadows. They're still talking and, yeah. and you know, they're sort of in the, on this moonscape is beautiful. A lot of the show, he's just, Willis is so good. Like, there's so there's that of course there's the uh, there's a shot of um, of uh, Woody Harrelson's character and Woody, was Allen, it, was Woody Allen Woody Allen's character and it was is it Mary who oh, no who's yeah Mary's the um, is um what's her face uh, don't know what you're talking about uh, the woman who plays Mary is Diane, um, Keaton? Diane Keaton their shot at the bridge when the sun oh, comes up is just like it just a, it's a shot. knockout shot it, and it, then, it might be the prettiest shot in film. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And then even like stuff in the apartment where you're seeing, he does such a great job with showing intimacy and then, um, and then like void almost like sometimes you'll see the actions happening in a corner of the screen and everything else is the entire scape of the, of the, of the, of the apartment or whatever room they're yeah. in. And then, and then sometimes you'll have intimacy with close-ups of these. It's just the way that it's shot is, I, I can't say enough of how beautiful this is. This might be the second most beautiful movie shot that we've seen besides it, the Perdition. It, it, it is a, it's a true, it's a true masterwork. Um, I know obviously Will's better known for uh, the Godfather films, obviously for, for, for good reason. Um, but this is a more of a masterwork in just the take of cinematography. If yep. you just look at that, uh, those movies are amazing. And there's so many elements of those movies that are so amazing. Um, but this you could tell Woody, Woody Allen kind of gave him, must've given him the reins that, all right, make, make it look pretty. Do it. 
and and he did, and it it is amazing. The Gershwin stuff that plays throughout is so brilliant, and so lovely, and so beautiful. And you know that um, Alan is a clarinet player, right? He's a yes. very good musician, yeah. so it makes sense that the op- the opening um, there's an opening solo by the clarinet. I've played this uh, piece in um, high school, and the opening is like this clarinet thing. Clarinet is very well featured in this um, in Rhapsody in Blue in general. It makes sense that he loves it as a clarinet player, as a jazz clarinet player, and loving Gershwin. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a perfect fit. Yeah. So with that aside, this is a movie about uh, why it's okay to be a child molester. And it is, it is, it, 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 oh my God, it turns my stomach more and more every time I see it. I, I, I'm, I, I was flabbergasted. I'm flat. I can't believe you like this movie. I know. Uh, oh, Woody Allen is so, well, he's not even overrated anymore. Luckily people, except for Matt, people under 50 don't, I don't, tend to not don't appreciate like, him anymore. I tend to but. not. I, I've, uh, I've seen uh, any Hall. I was like, eh. Um, yeah, I've seen a few of his movies. Um, there's like Broadway a, is is, is and, not a shit movie. Uh, Match Point's actually not bad. Uh, it's a it's a serious a, movie. It's Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's a and it has Reese, some hitch. Yeah, that uh, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. It has some Hitchcockian elements to it. Yeah, it's a it's a good little movie. There's um, that I've seen. There was like a kind of a future one where he doesn't he like travel. He gets into a pod and travels through time. Yeah, one of his earlier there. films. Yes, uh, I've seen that. Uh, whatever. Supers. I've probably seen five yeah, or six. Or Sleeper, I think it is. Yeah. Actually, I probably saw more of his um, movies in the nineties. I guess it was a Jade. Uh, oh, Curse of Jade, Curse of Jade Scorpion, something like that. Yeah. I've seen those uh, and not many of the earlier films, I guess. And. Hannah and her sisters I've seen. Like, I've just, I've never, in film class, well, I don't watch this. He's he, he, for, for many, 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 many never, years, he made I've, a film a year, every I've, year. Yes. I've never been, never been, I just don't care about that neurotic, but for right. some reason, he's really charming in this. And, oh. Oh, no, I think oh, he, he is. is grotesquely. No. He is one of, the, he's one of the biggest villains in film history in this. He is, it's, and it's, because it's not the, it's not the character. It's not just Isaac, the character he plays. It is Woody Allen. And the way he's promoting this behavior yeah. and making excuses for it and making the manipulating the audience into thinking it's okay is so monstrous. It is it is, it is lechery in film. It is unbelievable. I, I'm shocked. I mean, so we, if, if if let me ask you this, then. yeah. So if uh, Marilyn Hemingway's uh, character Tracy, mm-hmm. if she's a year older, is this okay? <laughs> um. Oh, it's not okay at all. I mean, th- this character well, is so what, but, 42. Tell me about what part. So because of the distance in age between 18 and Well, that's and, the uh, award, though. though. Like, that's the thing. It's not, if she's 18, he's not interested, right? I don't think so. Oh, I do. because No, he's p- trying to push her away for the entire movie. But that's for not, he's not, movie. though. He he's not. He's, he's, oh, my God. Okay. All right. They so, are. No, no, no. He confronts his mirror with Diane Keaton, with, with Mary. Right. She is neurotic, witty you know, interesting, doing kind of prolific, fun art stuff, meets his mirror, and it doesn't work. It's a complete breakdown. He he likes uh, Muriel Hemingway. He likes Tracy's innocence. She accepts him. She's loving to him. She sees him for all the... He, he's so neurotic, but he's so honest about it, and she sees that and loves him anyway. See, I think he's a manipulative monster. He... and the, Okay, so we can start... But she doesn't fall for that at the end. She doesn't fall because for that. that's how she. See, I'm not looking. I'm looking at it from maybe a different angle. Yeah, maybe. I'm looking at it as how he is writing these characters. He is. He's writing Mariel Hemingway's 17 year old character Stacy uh, as. I thought it was Tracy. Is it uh, Tracy? Excuse me. As someone who is um, this wise character who has all this wisdom. In other words, it's okay that he's with this young girl because don't you get it, man? Like these young wit, these young girls, they're just you know men are men are immature. They need, you know, it's okay. If you're actually, if you're dating a 17 year old, you're kind of on the level. It's really okay. In fact, they, they're going to give, they have a lot to offer. 
And in the very last line of the movie, and it's his face in the it frame. Is. It really that is. That fucking ghoul. With a little smile. Yes. And she says, you know, we just shouldn't judge other people. You fucking cretin. He's saying it's okay. Like, don't judge me for being with this teenager. I know it's wrong because mm-hmm. he, he has little tells throughout that tells you that, like, uh, for instance, there's a shot of him outside of a high school and all these kids yes. pour out. That's right. That's him telling you and maybe him having some sort of guilt there. Like, hey, I know what I'm doing isn't right. Like, um, so he has these little moments in the film of like, you see the monster, the monster knows he's a monster. No, I think he knows he's, I think he knows he's really fucked up in this movie. Uh, I think he I tells think he owns you it and tells you. Well, no, I think that that's his defense mechanism is that he's like, Hey, look, I'm really, I'm really weird. Or hey, this isn't right. Right. Cause he's looking for any sort of acceptance. Right. But then, but then you see the magic of them just having Chinese food and watching a, a movie together. But we can also, he's trying to just, his character is trying to justify it as well. And we, but it doesn't look right. It like, we see his failings. He, like he's, we see his failings in the movie, even in his dialogue. And he knows he's neurotic. He knows he's broken. He knows he has a problem and she accepts him anyway. I don't think it's the same way. I mean, it, yes, dude, creepy him outside the school. Fucking creepy. Yes. But, but my question is, if she's a year older, it's still creepy. And I think you wouldn't feel the same way, honestly. I, w- I, don't, I don't think a 42-year-old should be dating an 18-year-old. I mean, it ha- I, yeah, I think that the span is I think that's quite- fucked up. Okay, so but then when is it okay? Is it 20-year span or 15-year span? I mean, at some point, at some point, love is love. I mean, it does happen. <sighs> I, 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 he's pray, he's preying on her. He's, he's looking, he's looking, he's chasing her. And he even says, oh, her face is so beautiful. And they talk about like facelifts and stuff, but like it's, he's with her simply because she's I don't think young. she takes his bullshit. But she's written that way to make the audience think that she, that it's 17 year olds are more sophisticated than the end, they are. But at the end that she doesn't, she doesn't accept him. She moves on. We don't think, I don't think that they're together after this. I think she goes to oh, fucking London. I don't think London. so either. Yeah. I think she goes well, to the, London. Well, luckily the, you know, it's like an alien. The, 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 the hero gets away. The only difference is because Woody Allen made this movie about himself. He's in the final shot, but he's the monster the entire time. Hmm. I, 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 it, his behavior is so repugnant. And I said the way it's shot, and if you know a little bit about him, it's even like more. Just I know troubling. that's the, that's the troubling part, but we didn't know that about him. We, I, we, we, uh, I mean, you kind of. I'm not. I'm not even talking about. The, I'm already mentioned Sunyu's name beyond yeah. this sentence right now. Yeah, sure. Take her out of it. Yeah. He dated two seven seventeen year olds. Seventeen. Once again, the number not eighteen. Seventeen keeps sure. coming up. Yeah. Uh, in the seventies before he made this movie, and but yet like he was still old. Like he was still yeah, like, 30s, early forties. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And he dated two seventeen-year-olds right before this movie. Yeah. I, that that allure that the idea that the girl is still in high school is very is very appealing to it him. It could be. Yeah. And he spends. I said he spends the entirety of this movie trying to lecture us or trying to manipulate us into believing that men mm. are immature. But the, meanwhile, too, though, this is a man too. Very important. Remember. There's a man that has high ethics and high morals because he got, he quit his job. He's basically working at SNL as a yeah, writer. He, is, yep. he quit his job at SNL because he just he didn't agree with with something uh, with a, a decision. Oh, I just made. thought that it was just a similar neurosis. Like he can't. He's just manic and and well, uh, it just does crazy stuff. Oh, I, I, I saw it a, as someone who who stands behind his beliefs and, oh, ha- I, and has and has. Now it's but see this is this is Woody Allen's magic, if you will, or this is the true you know uh, child molesters fucking spin on things is that they trick you like little, little turns. Uh, for instance, like, you know, he'll make it seem like, Oh, he's manic. It's a wacky scene. But underlying it though, is a guy that has, that really, really believes stands behind what he believes in. 
And and those are the things you take even subconsciously away from some of these scenes. See, I thought he presented himself as a fuck up and as a liar. I mean, he was. But he, you but you said other things before that. You also said that you thought he was like. You, I thought I thought it was charming and yeah because he was honest about it. He seemed very honest said, about it. Honest, honest, but I, right. I think I think he's not honest at all. I think this whole thing is a, a charade. It's a lie. It's a manipulation. Maybe. I don't know. I wonder how much of your him as a person you think is, is you're you're injecting into this. Like how much you know about his past and his history. I mean, he, the, anytime you have an artur, you know, uh, artur, you know, someone who writes, directs, and in this case, even acts in it, that is going to be incredibly personal. But like you, right? Something like Django Unchained, right? Like uh, Quentin Tarantino was never a slave, and he was never a bounty hunter. So, right? There's some sort of level of imagination involved there right? right but this is so deeply personal it's taking place at his time he's in it he, he is. is playing yep. basically a version of himself he is this over neurotic uh you know even taking away the, the child molester stuff over over neurotic um whiny yes uh, uh, clever um very meta uh always uh narcissist yes that's who he is yes. right so he he's playing such a thinly veiled version of himself plus you act in that he wrote it and directed that's him like that is him, right? But he's showing he's showing himself as a liar. You remember he he goes after Gail for lying for not telling him that he's back with Mary, right? But then later on we see him as a liar too. He's out to he's out to lunch with uh, with Gail's ex, soon to be or is ex wife, right? And she's saying, you know, I, I blame you for introducing them, but he's not telling the entire truth of because you know she doesn't know when Mary enters this this equation and stuff, and he's he's lying to her. He lets us see him as a liar. He doesn't get away with it. He doesn't get the woman that he wants. Um, I think he's showing his frailty. He also is showing us he was divorced twice. He's a fuck up. He's a fuck up with his kid. Like he doesn't get to see his he's kid a very often. Father. Yeah. He's I mean, like, he's, he, tr- he's so selfish. But I think he's showing his selfishness. I but think he's showing shot that with the kid though. The kid is smiling, and having fun. Like they're, they're playing basketball. Oh, they, they point out like, was it toy boats? Yes. Like they're having a grand old time. We never see, this is the thing about Woody Allen. This is the thing about these fucking people is that we never see the reality of the situation. The reality of the situation is this kid may be really upset. doesn't have a dad. We don't know, but we don't see that. All we're seeing is this fun, bizarre two minute montage of him and his kid to show that he isn't a completely absent. Yeah, but father. we're seeing he, when he's in with his, uh, with his ex wife with Meryl Streep, who does a great yeah. job. And, uh, her lover. I, yep. I don't know who that actress is. Uh, yeah. They're uh, the, Anne Byrne, I believe her name is. They're the stable, like rational people right. in that argument. Yes. And he is not. And he, and I find himself, but he's immature. Man. That's why he really needs to be with a 17 year old. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if that, that's not how I took it. I, I, I took it as him showing his frailties and his problems, but that, you know, he has redeeming qualities that can be loved as well. Uh, yeah, I don't see much redeeming about this person at all. Yeah. Um, inc- I said the, the, the manipulation and you're right. So, it, so going back to what you said about his personal life, does that bleed into it on some level? It absolutely has and to a hundred percent understand that it absolutely has to like, yes. So just a quick, you know, it snaps into my inter- introduction with Woody Allen personally, um, is that, um, I never really watched Woody Allen movies growing up. My parents were never really, even though I was in New York, yeah. my parents, it's, that wasn't the kind of movie that my parents were really into. Yeah. So I never really watched any at all in the 80s. I've never even seen Hannah and her sisters. It just wasn't movies that I was ever introduced to. Um, I mean, I was a huge Howard Stern fan in 1992, 93, 94, yep. um, when he was in Boston and, um, when he was, they were airing his show in Boston at yeah, nights. Yeah. It wasn't during the um, morning. It was at night. So yep. I would listen to it. All my friends would. We'd all talk about it. And that was right when, I guess I'll say her name again, right when the Sun Yi stuff, Mia Farrow stuff was happening. Right. And it was 
fucking huge. Oh, I remember. It was shocking. It was a giant story. Shocking. And then Howard, like, was all, I mean, that was right up Howard's alley mm. back then. Like, yeah. I mean, this the was. salacious uh, stuff. Oh, yeah. unbelievable. Right. And, like, it, it was just a wild story. Yeah. And you had two Hollywood heavyweights, you know, accusing each other of the worst possible names. It was wild. Um, so I had known about Woody Allen being uh, at least accused of horrible behavior before I'd ever seen one of his movies. Yep. So I will completely admit to that is that I'm not coming in here completely neutral. Like, and, and um, so when I saw Manhattan, I've seen Manhattan twice, saw it in my 20s. I thought it was really weird and creepy, but I didn't, I, I, I was, I was more taken aback by the shots in New York. I was like, oh, this is yeah, a, yeah. a lovely New yeah, York. At least it's a beautifully shot. But I was shot, like, yeah. this is a really weird movie. Yeah. And then I saw it about uh, six years ago when I was living in New York and I was really troubled by it. Yeah, I know. And you've said that, you mentioned, I knew coming in what was going to happen. You mentioned this before yeah. that you didn't want to see this movie again, but. I kind of did though. I mean, I picked it, uh, cause I, no, it was good, good to talk about. It's, yes. just, it's just the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. Um, I think it might be the most disturbing movie I've ever seen because, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre or something like that. Oh, that shit's unbelievable. And well, right. Or even like, actually, even like true stories that are like scary. It's like, all right, well, but I feel like this is like a, like, this is like, a, I feel like this is like a child molester, like telling us, trying telling to us like okay. justify it. Like, no, 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 no. You, you got, you got to see it from my point of view. Yeah. And it is fucking wild. And watching it now, like it turned my stomach even more. So mm. uh, a few other things about this too. So obviously Mary Hemingway plays the 17 year old Stacy. This is, she had been in a movie called Lipstick uh, when she was 14 with her sister, Margot Hemingway. Um, and um, uh, Margot was the star of Lipstick, but Mariel got the more, better reviews, even though it was a smaller part. Yeah. And then uh, she was, obviously did this. She had never kissed a guy before. Um, so that was the, tough to see. Um, when, Woody Allen kisses her in the, the most disturbing way. It's very weird. In that uh, carriage. Yeah, the carriage. That's her first kiss. She ever, she ever kissed a guy before. It was her first kiss of her life. It looked, it was, it was tough. Very weird. Yeah. Two years later, so the movie wraps. So now she's 19. So she is an adult. She's in Idaho. Her family goes in Idaho. And that's where they, uh, it's sort of kind of their bases for the Hemingways, or at least in that time. And um, Woody Allen, like, basically kind of like invited himself over and, uh, Said to her, this is no, this is two years after we saw it. I said, she's 19. It's like, hey, I'm going to Paris. Do you want to come? And mm. she's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, 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 she had it, I guess, during the shoot, other than that weird kiss, he was a total gentleman. Yeah. She knew that kiss was coming, by the way. Yeah. It was, just, I'm it was, sure it was in the script. Yeah. But everything was, was on the up and up. Um, and she's like, uh, I don't know. Like, we're going to have, are we going to have separate bedrooms? Like, yeah, I don't like want to, right. not going to share a room. Yeah. And then he was gone. He's, he was polite about it, but he left the next day and never talked to ah, her again. I see. And like, she said her parents are kind of pushing her to go, which is really weird. Ugh. Um, and, uh, like lightly pushing her to go, but she said, you know, I, I, if we're going to be in the same room, I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm comfortable not. with that. Meanwhile, by the way, so, you know, at that point he's 46, she's 19. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he had eyes for her if he's making it, you know, I feel like this True. is all part of his plan. I know these, these, uh, predators, oh, a two year plan. Though. I, I think these predators, like they, they, I mean, his behavior is just constantly going after these teenage girls and maybe he was dating one at the time. Or I think he was dating a teenage girl at the time when they were making this already. Yeah. Now, one thing you can say about this is Chris, you're a hypocrite. You're one of your favorite comics is Jerry Seinfeld. So you don't like Woody Allen. I don't think, I don't think Woody Allen is very funny. I think the neurosis thing is so overplayed. It's a better version of it is George Costanza is so much funnier. I don't think Woody Allen is funny at all. But I do think Jerry Seinfeld is very funny. Yeah, you do. So, and Jerry Seinfeld for uh, a couple of years, while Seinfeld was at his height of his popularity, dated Shoshana Lundstein, a 17-year-old yes. high school student. Right. He would pick her up from high school in his Ferrari. Yes. Okay, same fucking thing that Woody Allen did in this movie. That's right. And I excuse that. And you know what? I, I do. I'm a hypocrite. I don't, 
have a lot of excuse there. There is, um, there's a scene in Seinfeld. I know Matt didn't watch the show very much, but no. there, I don't know if you know, I don't, you probably don't. Um, it was, you know, I don't know if you know the subplot. They were basically selling him and George had a TV show, a show about nothing. Yeah. Um, and they were pitching it to NBC. So they go and meet with, was supposed to be like Warren Littlefield who ran NBC at the time. It was like an actor who looked like him. Yeah. And at one point George is alone with his teenage daughter and he's like eyeballing her cleavage uh, and he kind of gets caught doing it. And, that sounds from actually that sounds familiar. Puts the TV show in jeopardy. Yeah. But like that, that is not, that is, you wonder like, all right, look at Jerry's history, right? Like he's with the 17 year old girl. Is he doing the same thing? What Allen's doing in this movie? Like trying to excuse me, boys be boys. Oh, you know, haven't we all looked at a girl's cleavage too long or like, haven't we all kind of been caught looking? Yes. And it's done in the framework of like, Hey, that's not right. That's not socially acceptable, but it's never, it's always done with kind of like a, Oh, you rascal. It's never done. with like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. It's done. Uh, I think that's two different things though. The cleavage shot. That's a, that's a different thing than, than I agree. what's going on but you, here. But, but I'm saying with I Jerry's understand. history though, like you have to, there's more to that than just it. a high school girl's cleavage. I right. think, I think he's trying to be like, Hey, because Shoshana also had a, a very large chest. So, you know, and you wonder, it's like, is, right. there's I'm some, sure. there's I'm some sure. there sort of been. thing here. It's like, yep. what, what's, you know, what's beyond. Yeah. You at some level know it's wrong if you're going to show it, but how wrong can you like, yeah, but I see, but almost like justifying it. I feel like he's justifying. Yeah, Cause like, Hey, like I said, he's trying to relate it to something that every guy has been caught doing before. Yeah. And he's, but it's, but having it under the 17 year old and playing it for laughs. Yeah. There's a lot of like manipulation there. Yep. Like comedy's a lot, a lot of comedy's about manipulation, about timing. Um, and I think Jerry's doing that there. So from, so am I being hip- hypocritical by going after Woody so hard and kind of excusing the Seinfeld stuff? Absolutely. I don't really have a defense there. Well, it's a little bit different if Woody's doing it time after time after time. And then when you go into the Sunni stuff where it's right, I mean, right. I, the Sunni stuff is so muddy. I don't, I don't want right, to go down it, yes, or even yeah. say for another time we cover Woody. They but, were dating. Who knows? How, know, but still it's a 35 right. year difference though. Right. Oh, so no, 30, I know, no. You know. But there's other, there's 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 other a, examples beyond Sunyi. Sure. Because the reason I don't want to go to Sunyi is not because we'll save it for another show, believe me. But it's just, it's so convoluted yeah. and it's so, I mean, it's had four part documentaries yes. out of it. They don't yes, create yes, anything yes, up. Yes, so yes. it is just a mess. I'd rather talk about the stuff that's happening more at this time, which is like I said, he dated two 17 year old girls. A couple years after the movie, he tries to to prey on Mariel Hemingway as a 19 year old. Seems like it. Um, who, you know, he had been his ball, like he had been our director. Like, I know it's not, it's just weird. It's like a lot of, I agree. If it was, that was the only instance I would have been like, all right, that's pretty fucked up, but all right. I also see a difference where if you're say to, you're, you're, you're dating a younger woman and you fall in love with her and you marry her and you're with her for the rest of your life. That's a different thing than serially going after the same age group over and right. over. That's a different thing. And I you know Matthew McConaughey, like, Hey, you know, I keep getting older, but they stay the same age. And that's like, so true with you know, Matthew McConaughey's oh, character. DiCaprio. In, I mean, DiCaprio yeah. as well. Like what? what is I should, it, I should, I should, there's McConaughey's character in Days and Confused. Yes. Yes. I, yes, I, I yes, should, but, I mean, we didn't. Yeah. Just, uh, but DiCaprio is like, has he dated, the joke is he hasn't dated someone over 25. I don't know if that's correct or yeah. not, but like he's a, he's he, older than he we are. He's 47 your, now. Yeah. And so that's, that's starting to get like, when does that change? Like, does his eye ever grow up? With him, when he hits 65, is he still going to have relationships with sub 25 year old women? Like, yeah, at some point you're like, Ugh. I guess I see a pretty big difference in a 25. Look, that's still weird. Like DiCaprio's, that stuff's kind of weird and creepy for sure. Totally agree. Um, and I think that's like where you're like, oh, that's kind of creepy and weird. We can kind of mock him. I think it's different here because like just the age of like being mature sexually. So like, you know, 
a 17 year old hasn't been mature sexually for very long. True. Like, you know, they, they even try in this movie is so fucking manipulative. It's like, Oh, well I've had a couple of affairs with, with like, she, yeah, I know she does like, say that. Yeah. Like she's mature. Right. I was, obviously I was, you know, I was a month old. This movie came out. So I have no idea what teenagers talked about in 1979. I'm guessing that's not how they talked about how like, they try. He tries so hard to make this girl seem like this mature woman to make it acceptable. That he's with her. He's like, well, you know, he's like, and even in that line, it's like, well, he didn't, you know, he didn't take away her virginity. So it's not as bad. Like he keeps throwing these little things to make you disarm you from being horrified by this monster. And, uh, where was I going with that? Um, we were talking about the difference between 17 years old and 25 right, I'm sorry. years old. Yeah. So, nope, you know, your average 17 year old isn't, isn't mature sexually for that long. Right. Yep. I mean, you know, a couple of years at most probably. Sure. Right. Yep. Um, where a 25 year old has, could be a decade. Could right. Be 20, has could been be to college. Yes. Has, you know, has, right. look, I said it. DiCap- you're absolutely right. DiCaprio keeps getting older. They're, they're, these girls are all in their early 20s. What's going on? It's yeah. weird. He seems like a bright guy. He does all kind of the right things from his, like, he never gets in trouble. He, he makes really careful script choices. He seems like a really careful guy. So he does. He keeps doing that. It it's is really a weird. little weird. Totally agree. Yep. Uh, and, I'm, and once again, maybe you, you could say Chris is being a hypocrite again. Chris is a big DiCaprio fan. He he doesn't, too. he seems to excuse it when he's someone he likes. And, but and maybe you're right. I, 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 I can't defend that. It's a great example. But I do, I personally, I think there's a big difference between 25 and 17. Well, and also you're saying if from your perspective, taking it from your perspective, Woody, uh, Woody Allen is making a movie to justify his actions. Right. Leonardo DiCaprio is not doing that. Right. Right. Like that. It's a, it's a whole it's different, a whole different story. Yeah. Right. And I, this, this movie is, is so important. I'm really shocked. You like, plus I don't think it's very funny. I accepted. Oh, I, I thought it was very endearing. And I, and I actually, I laughed out loud a few times, oh. uh, but uh, he, if you don't like him, if you're turned off by him, I a hundred percent get why you would just, you'd want to puke watching this entire thing. I'm not a fan of his. Don't generally like his movies. Some of them have been okay that I've seen, but I've never been drawn to, it's not like I've, you know, with uh, Clint Eastwood, I'm like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to sit down and watch every single Clint Eastwood movie ever made. Right. Uh, even the Western. I'm not a big Western guy, but yeah. I'm just going to go through all of them. Right. Never feel that way about uh, Woody Allen. I think he's a bright guy and an interesting writer, but I, I, it's never, it's not my style. Even the humor is not normally my style, but for some reason, this one hit. I also accepted her as she was sometimes, and maybe that's naive of me. Sometimes I just accept characters for who they are. You could say it's manipulative, but I accepted her as some people age and mature faster than other people. Some people are forced to be adults. We've, we have mutual friends who were forced to be adults long before they should have because their parents were such fuck ups that they were the ones that had to make sure there was food on the table and cooking and the bills were paid. Like, that happens sometimes. The kids have to are put into positions. I'm not saying that that's the case with her, but I just accepted her character as a as a wiser 17 year old. I maybe saw, that's not I even saw it as Woody Allen pulling the wool over her eyes, trying really hard to be like, "Hey, look, it's what I'm doing is okay, right? Right? I it's okay, why, right? I right? totally understand another why you felt that way." Another example yeah. uh, of this is um, so we we meet the characters Yale, uh, played by Michael Murphy, who's good in the first half of the movie. He's terrible in the second half. He's Str- not as good in the second strange. half. I agree. Yeah, um, but and, he was sort of written. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was more of a secondary character in the, in the, in the end. I don't know. It's it it weird. And okay. so we meet uh, him and his wife and then we meet um, Woody Allen and, uh, and Tracy, Tracy. Uh, Isaac and Tracy, I guess when they're all out for dinner and the second they get home, uh, I'm sorry. So then they have dinner or whatever. And then it, it breaks off. And then we see Yale and his wife, Michael Murphy and his wife yes. um, alone uh, going to the apartment. And he's like, you know what? Like, I'm so glad for him. And even the, and the woman, he may, has the woman say it. I don't think she's too young. 
Well, they're friends of his. They want right. him to be happy. That's I a know, but different. think about how think just like, think about that. And I think mean, about who's saying what. That's all I think that's I, true. It's all really carefully. It would have been interesting to see her friends and see what they had to think about it. No but one, we would never we were, were no never. No one and then another part uh, uh, example of him trying to excuse his behavior is um uh Tracy meets Diane Keaton's character. And Diane Keaton goes, Oh, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I'm in high school. And Diane Keaton just kind of shrugs her shoulders. Yeah, but not not Woody Allen. Like he he's kind of repulsed by that. Right. Like he knows it's wrong. He like he has a he, he has he a moment. Ha- right. He's like, oh, I'm embarrassed. Yes. I don't think he does wrong. It's more like I'm embarrassed. I don't think he's ashamed. I think embarrassment and shame are two different things. It's uh, it's, a, it's a thin line. Um, but that's how I interpret it. Regardless, the adult woman in that shot did not care, and that is a fucking telling thing. Well, they're kind of mirrors, so that makes but a lot of sense. If they were mirrors, then she should have been, well, maybe she wouldn't have nothing to be embarrassed about, right? Because they're mirrors. Yeah. And they are, they, you know, they are mirrors to an extent. She's not, you know. No, I know. It's not she's not hanging replica. out looking for high school boys. No, that's true. Uh, no. Which is another example no, of manipulation, is, by the way. But she is hanging out looking for married guys. I mean, she's not, but that's, right. that's who she's ended up with. Right. So she's in an affair that's not good either. Another and example actually, of manipulation. He, he's trying to equate those two things, right? So like he's trying to say, hey, look, this is socially a little off, but look, it's not illegal, and it's not that bad. And she and she's doing something that's socially off, but you know, it's 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 definitely messy. But it's see, I didn't see that way because they're all damaged. You've got Gail's fucking around with his wife. I, I mean, I can't. I from a moral standpoint, that's fucking. But everything, everybody is doing something that I find morally wrong, right. except from Errol Streep and her wife uh, right. or their partner, who is like the like the eye looking down on everybody and judging she's writing a book about him and he's freaked out about it yeah. because he knows, he knows if she tells all he's going to look fucking bad. But the stuff she's telling is stuff that shouldn't be told. Even she has a black mark on her. She's kind of st- st- telling I tales. Know. I don't know. Like about his sex. Like she's, she's embarrassing him. Right. And she's, she's kind of being she, vindictive might be her, her, um, her she negative, negative, negative thing. Maybe she seemed pretty sober about it. I, I don't know if that was. Uh, she was yeah, very was prob- cold. She was very cold. Like, like I, I, you know, that's really like too- someone who so it's like I don't take I, uh, I've I don't fall for your fall for your bullshit anymore. Like that's the right. th- that was the way that I felt about her. Yeah, you could take it that way. Yeah. But the other thing too is if you're going to be a child predator, and you're trying to show that maybe being a child predator isn't so bad. What do you do? You're trying to sell other damage people. Well, see, we're all kind of we're all kind of fucked up in this crazy, goofy old world, right? Like, yeah, but you know, he, hey, we're all doing stuff wrong. But he knows the most sober character is like judging him harshly. So, but the most right, but not judging him for that, judging him for other things. It's true. If you if he surrounded himself with people that weren't so self involved and so damaged, yeah, and they were all like, "Hey, man, like, what the fuck are you doing?" No one does that. It was like. It's always like, well, she's a little young. Or, uh, and they, actually, most people kind of excuse it. But no one ever goes, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, what would happen in real life? Yeah. Well, I would now. Would it in 1979? I don't know. That's a good question. So I did want to bring this up. So huh, in the late 70s, early 80s, there was a odd push to hypersexualize the masses, young teenage girls. Mm. Um, Brooke Shields. Uh, was oh, doing yeah, a God, gene yeah. ad Jesus at Christ. 16, 17, saying nothing gets between me and my Calvin. She's underage naked, isn't she? She is. Um, yeah, but, In, but uh, been, Blue Lagoon. Blue Lagoon, they, they, I guess there might have been body doubles. Um, there's also a Phoebe Cates movie that came out when she was 17 right. as well uh, with Willie Ames from right. Charles in Charge where I don't believe they did use 
by doubles, and I think she was like 17. Um, like I said, the, the line is uh, Brooke Shields in billboards all over the country said, nothing gets between me and my Calvins. That's right. And she's, you know, 16. Um, if you, I don't, Godfather, one of my favorite films, the best film ever made. Uh, the girl that plays Apollonia, I always pronounced her name wrong. Uh, Apollonia. Thank you. Yep. Uh, the sev- uh, She's only 17. Just like Princess Apollonia. That's how I know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Princess Mountain, okay. Uh, Prince, but, not princess. Yes. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? But she said, that actress is only 17. That's a lot. That's where you have This is a non sequitur yes. from it. This is very funny. Uh, it's your funniest moment ever. Good job. That's, that's not true at all. No, it's, it is true. Okay. okay. Right. Well, something for everybody. There you go. So she's 17. Apollonia is 17. Yes. The actress is only 17. Is she, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. Is she naked or something? What's yeah, she takes her time. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so, I mean, when you're watching that, in theory, you're watching child pornography, child pornography. uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, and mm. there were a number of other films. Um, there's even a, I believe, um, Louis Mall, who Candace Bergen married. Um, he had Brooke Shields, like completely naked at 12 in a, uh. yeah, in a, in a, in a major motion picture. Like, so the, I think what happened, my theory on this is, uh, that, uh, so many norms were broken in the late sixties, early seventies. That's true. That by nineteen seventy-seven ish, you ran out of norms to break that mm. aren't really fucked up. Yes. And not only that, but you mirror, you match that with um, we always talk about New Hollywood, which is mostly a very good thing. This is when directors took back from the studios. The studios ran the show so much power for decades. Yeah, fifties and sixties, especially, and that's why so many of those movies, much like today, and much like studios run today with Marvel and stuff. Marvel movies suck, by the way. I had to get that in. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, a no, one-week tradition. Yeah, um, no, but the studios <laughs> ra- ran the show in 50s and 60s, so directors had such little control and power, right? So then in when Bonnie and Klein happens and some of these movies that have different directors are making money, the studio's like, fuck it. Do what you want. Make some money. Let's, let's go. and Because yep. cre- creativity finally is selling. So you're mirroring this weird, you know, post-pill sexual, sexual revolution with directors having free reign. And I think things got weird yeah. and things got beyond weird. And then things got criminal uh, or borderline or really, really disturbing. And that's where we are in 1979 with, and that's how something like this is allowed to happen. Yeah. That's how Woody Allen is able to get away with this behavior and get away with this for so long. Now you might say, all right, Chris, what about Seinfeld in 1993? Yeah, you're absolutely right. But I bring that up because it was very rare. Uh, like I, the Seinfeld thing certainly happened. And I'm sure there were other, you know, think about Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera, how we kind of over-sexualized them oh in my the God, late 90s. Yes, 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 yes. But that's different than like, I, I, I to me, and maybe because I grew up and you might disagree, I think that's different than having a topless, you know, she's not, you don't see anything, but a topless Brooke Shields and jeans saying nothing gets between me and my Calvin's. That's, that's hyper, hyper, hyper-sexualization where... Christina, well, and Christina Aguilera saying like genie in a bottle, I think that's different. Uh, I mean, it's a very seductive. They're and also plus Christina Aguilera was over eighteen. Was she over eighteen? I think she's over eighteen at that point. But I think so. Yeah, but she was only fifteen or sixteen. Brittany well, might have been under eighteen, but but regardless, uh, regardless, you also it's a different scenario. So the music video is a different scenario than a whole movie justifying it. That's a different. That's a different level. Yeah, I I agree, uh, and I you know I. Uh, yes, or justifying that behavior you know what I mean? too. I, that's, that's what I it's mean. The behavior, the behavior, that, and that's what right. was so troubling me about this is that um, you know this is I, I believe very strongly, and, and Matt, Matt Matt can disagree. I mean, a lot of critics love this movie. Uh, uh, there's been a little bit of a awakening on it on some level, where some people are like, "Hey, is this this movie really fucked up that we've seen the last few years with the Me Too movement and other things?" Oh, I'm uh, shocked about that. But I but I mean I think 
look, some of these movements go too far for sure. Almost every movement does, right? Uh, but I think this case, it's absolutely right in that this movie is really fucked up. Now, I'm not saying it should be banned. I don't think I think it should be censored. Um, but I definitely think that I have no problem with Woody Allen's name being dragged in the mud. Like, I, 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 I really question people who, like, he's having a hard time more and more, like, who work with him. Like, if you're a big-name actor and you choose to work with Woody Allen, like, why? Oh, I agree. Yeah. Like, I think his personal life, there's so much smoke there. He sort of justified a lot of stuff, um, but there's a lot of stuff that he's having to justify. That That's a problem for me. Like, I, I do not, I'm on the side of thinking that he's some sort of predator. Uh, yeah, me too. Oh, no, predator for sure. I, I, I know he's a predator. I mean, it's a proof. I mean, he's went after 17-year-old girls in his 40s. To me, that's yeah, a predator. So uh, yeah. I think he's 100% he's a predator. There's no question about that. Now, the Sunni stuff, uh, well, that's, that's for another day. We can certainly have the discussion. Um, but I definitely, and the, this movie, I think, is evidence that he's a predator. Like, uh, this guy has some really weird shit going on. I agree. I, I wonder, I mean, it's tough because I have problems with other artists who do, I'm not equating him to, there are other artists who are more violent about it or who want, like, pre-puberty kids, like Michael Jackson or something. Yep. I can't, you know, right. That that's, that's. Like I kid, there's just, I don't know why, like, no, I do know why, but th- this is less offensive than that is or something like, uh, um, what's his face who, uh, R Kelly or something that is like that. Cause that's more violent. And there's just like there's just stuff around there, but where this isn't, um, he, he, another no, I know, I know, I know, I know. Like, Woody Allen says to her, man, he says it a few times too. No, this guy, this guy's such a monster. Uh, he's like, I'm going to be a fond memory. Yeah. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, you might really fuck her up, dude. A and B. What an ego on him! Like he pretends to be neurotic, but then he has such a high esteem as a fond memory. But then at the same time, at the end, he, he like his little, f- his little his little his little smile at the end is like, "Do I have reason for optimism?" And no, oh. no, you don't. Like it's I, over. Yeah, I took that smile as um. He's, he's happy. He doesn't, he's not being judged anymore. No, 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 no. He wa- I think he wants her back and he's not going to get her. And he's wondering, do I have reason to be optimistic? And no, you don't like it's, it's over. She's moved on. You pushed her away. You spent half the movie pushing her away. And she's like, I'm not taking your shit anymore. I'm going to go grow and like live my fucking life. Uh, no, I think she is a wise character. It sucks that she's 17. Ridiculously wise. And to the point of it being, it's silly. And <sighs> to the point of it trying to fool us. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I didn't take it that way, but that doesn't mean I'm right. I don't know. I'm giving this movie a a D. A, oh God, I want to give this movie honestly. I I don't. I, this is. I really struggle with this. I I know you do. I guess I'll give it a D. I, I it's not trash. Um, because something it probably is trash though. Really, it's probably worse. It probably is sewage. It probably is maybe the worst. Maybe the most dangerous movie we've ever covered. Um, the most abhorrent, nah. most disgusting, but also maybe the most beautiful. Um, and uh, I guess I'll give it a D. I don't know. So you're not going to recommend people saying <laughs> no, no, I will. I will say this. So look, uh, mm, right. I'm not going to, no, no, no one, no one should see this movie. Uh, but yes, you probably should see it. If you, if you're a film, if you're, if you, if you go film and you go the idea of film, and you have the complexity to, if you listen to this show, obviously, and you listen to our Patreon show, and you listen to me and Matt Ramblon about a 45 minutes, you obviously are, are someone that likes long discussions about film. Yeah. So I guess in that case, I actually would recommend it to our audience. Because it is, I think it's a wildly interesting exercise in manipulation. 
and just like propaganda of sorts in a way of this, of, of someone trying to excuse their behavior in a way I've never seen before in film. So I guess in some ways I recommend it, but I mean, it's awful. Yeah, I'm not going to couch it. I recommend it. I think so, it's, I mean, thumbs uh, down for me, though. I mean, you know, thumbs down. I mean, so you're not going to recommend it. No, I mean, thumbs I really down. Can't. I'm saying, I'm right. I'm saying thumbs up maybe for our patrons who, who are We need film. to put it in Twitter, though. What no, is thumbs it? Thumbs down. Okay, thumbs no, no, down. No, no, to a mass audience, thumbs down. No, absolutely. No, to, as many thumbs down to a mass audience who doesn't have that complexity. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I, I could, I, there's, I no, might there's be, no movie I would recommend less. Yeah. I might be completely. Because at least Battlefield Earth isn't going to. No, yeah, I see what you justify. Be dangerous. Yeah, uh, I don't think this is dangerous, but uh, oh, no. I think it is. I think I think as much as a movie can be dangerous. Yeah, I don't think no, so. No, you but, know, as much as art can be dangerous because it's promoting a uh, such a horrible. I think it's act. a layered. Uh, it's a layered examination of a of a deeply troubled person and deeply troubled people in a beautiful place at a beautiful time, trying to find their way. And um, I think you know it's t- if if uh, Hemingway's character is five years older than we're then this is not a problem. <laughs> But that's, no, but, a, but that's a slippery slope, though. What if I she's five years is. younger? Oh, well, I mean, well, that's different. No, prepubescent. You, you kept saying if she's different. a year older. No, but, but what if she's what, a year young? But you see how someone watched this movie and they're already. At, yes, but it's always this discussion when it comes to maturity. People mature at different ages when you do uh, arbitrary things like 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 uh, years on the planet that does not speak to someone's maturity. It just doesn't. I it agree. never does. And at some point, we do have to say, when do you have. Uh, uh, the ability to have, you know, your own volition, your own decision making over you, over yourself as a person. When do you become an adult in the eyes of the world? And eighteen is like a ridiculous number because it means so many things. You can go to war. You can't. You can't get alcohol. You can get smokes. You can get porn. You can't do. You can't rent a car. You right. can't rent. Like this number is dumb. It's hard. It's really. It doesn't describe the maturity level of the person. So take the law out so, of it. So all I'm saying is this. If I see her and take her, take her age out of it, if I see her as a person and I don't think about how old she is, she is a more mature person than a 17 year old. She's a 25 year old to me. She's written that way on purpose to trick us. You say that, but, but no, this is just she's a human. She's the most human. sophisticated person in I'm film just saying, history. I'm just saying you can't have, no, that's not true. That's but she's pretty bit. close. No, she that's talks, not, She made no. WC Fields references. <laughs> what the fuck are we doing here? She's taking film class in her, in her, in her very expensive prep school. Unbelievable. Like, I mean, that, that, that no, is, that is fucking abhorrent. I, but I'm just saying like, you can't, it's, you can't have it both ways. It's this person could, there it does, I'm bet that there does exist, maybe not a lot of them. 17 year olds as mature as her that doesn't mean it's okay you asked me you said if she's a year older you're okay with it and, and i you said, said no i said no i know you said i'll no. ask you this if she's a year younger you okay with it no oh right so that's, that's what i'm saying i'm not saying i'm okay with but the relationship but if you're, i'm saying i'm okay with the movie but if you're an audience member and you already kind of aligned to that thinking and you just need that little push like hey i need some approval that's all what he looking for this whole movie is like please accept this behavior that i yes. have if you're joe schmo watching this yep and you're like, oh, I like, you know, at 16, you know, 17. Oh, I mean, at some 16, point, but what no, is that like, point? I, I just think that that's why I say this movie, as much as art can be dangerous. Yeah. This movie's about as dangerous as you're going to find. I just don't, if, if I take the age out of it and I look at her as, as a sentient individual, her maturity level, how she comes across right. is not 17. But that's what Woody Allen wants you to I do know. so badly. Please take the age out of it. He's there, begging you. I please do, take but the but age I do out believe, of it. I'm not saying that I would want to have a relationship with, with this person, but I do believe that it exists in nature, somebody that mature. I, I've met people like that who really, like I said before, who I've have to never take control. Met any, so that's the thing. He's like, you know, I've never met a 17-year-old that sophisticated like, yeah, in my not. life, whether it be being 17 <laughs> or being an adult and- 
if I ever have any interactions with teenagers, I've never. Now, obviously, the old the old joke is like, well, New York City kids are always like. Well, oh. I was just gonna say you yeah. you made, you're making my point. I was just gonna say you have to grow up faster in New York City right. because you're you on your own a lot, and it's like more art around. So you, yes. you might be more relevant. You might it might be more realistic than someone in say like Kansas to make a W.C. Of Fields course. reference. And obviously, this movie also was 40 years ago, so W.C. Fields is more recent yes. in their world yes, than yes, ours, yes. right? But even so, I mean, you know, it's such it's like someone the equivalent of someone making a um. Uh, like a 19, like a Dick Smothers joke, like a 17 year old talking about like the brilliance of laughing or something. You'd be like, what are you fucking, what? It's, it's such a bizarre, but, but he's trying so hard that all it's exactly the, all he wants is what he's saying. Please, 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 please just take the age out of it and judge us based on our maturity. But though. if he wanted, if he really wanted that, if he did not want to show his vast failings, he would have not chosen a 17 year old as his subject. But he wants, no, that's exactly what he has to do. He has to excuse the behavior. He has to show it. He, but I don't think he is. I don't think he's actually excusing it. I think he is. I think he's showing a deeply troubled man. And we're seeing, we're, we're seeing that in many different ways. Oh, we completely disagree. That's well, okay. I, that's no, okay. No, I, but no, I understand. No, I think he believes that like, she's really young. Like, that's sketchy. But we're also, we're, we're seeing both sides of it. All the examples that showed of him manipulating us, you don't. No, I say that you're, it could be. I didn't take it that way when yeah. I watched it. I, and, and, and I see your people, point. And people in 1979 certainly didn't. And even many film, I mean, AFI did their um, 100. top 100. It, it was a just missed. And that was 1999, you know? Uh, so people even, you know, recently. Uh, more recent, yeah, I'm still 20. Yeah, right, you were, yeah, you were, yeah, more yeah, recently yeah. rather. Right. Um, don't, didn't see it the way I do. And maybe other people listening who love Woody Allen, if you're 50 plus, I can't, I love comedy, right? And I'm, I'm, yeah. for, I'm 40, I'm for, be 42 soon. Uh, when I was a kid, say until I was 50, well, I guess until this whole Sunni stuff. Yeah. Woody Allen, even afterwards though, even, even in the nineties, Woody Allen was like, and he would be like, who are you, who's the best comedian who ever lived? Oh my God. It was, you know, Woody Allen is in that top five. Anyone would name. Yeah. Like he was, he was up there. Like. Everyone yep. would say Woody Allen's is genius. Yeah. I've never found him funny. I don't think his humor works on most people under 50. I think something shifts where we just don't find that funny. Yep. Um, it's not, it's, he's such a character, caric- caricature, thank yep. you, you of it. a human being. And it's just not, it's, it's so unrelatable too. And it, it's just, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, I don't like his comedy. I, like yeah. I said, I'm not, I'm not a big, I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of his. I'm really not. It's never been a big, like, it's like whimsical, but no, like too, I don't know. I think the conversation, I think the dialogue's really poor for me. I know that's what he gives on, but it's not a conversation. It's like just a one man's kind it of is. like ramblings yeah, it is or a, one way is like winds. Yes. A better way to put it. But and as it, a character stu- a study of that type of person, I think this really fits. Uh, I don't because we're seeing it through that person's eyes. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're gonna from Woody. That's what you're gonna get from Woody. But I, I, I totally understand your critique of this movie. How you look at it as a manipulative and if in that filter, I, I 100% understand what you're saying. I didn't see it that way, but I get it. I totally get it. So we'll split. Split on that one. I, was out there I'm sure, I thought you'd hate it. I, I, I thought you come in and be like, I wanted to. I thought I have to talk you down from trash because like, all right, we got, we got to talk about Gordon Willis here. We got to talk <laughs> no, about Gershwin a little bit. I, I did this not movie, want to. This movie has some redeeming qualities, whether as much as I wish they didn't. And I, I also think to. that's a manipulation. It's the final manipulation. But he didn't want to make a bad movie, though. No, what do you he, mean? All right, go ahead. He's never made it. He he makes. I know he actually didn't like the movie at the well, end. Uh, that's all. I, that's what that's he a, says. I don't have to worry. He says. All right. Um, right. He says. Oh, I didn't want the studio to produce it. I I tried everything I could so they wouldn't Wait, put can it you do out. That accent is that all right? 
It's a Woody Allen. I'm doing a Woody Allen impression. All right, That's good. fine. I think it's pretty, pretty. I don't pretty care. Close. I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I try, I try to make him not do it. Um, and, uh, and right. But I, I, I think that's a bullshit. Um, he hires the best cinematographer in the world. Now him and Gordon Willis did do a few other projects together, but not a ton. They, mm. There wasn't his regular guy. Yeah. And the Gershwin stuff, like he, uh, he really tried to make this disgusting film as beautiful as possible. In many ways it worked. <laughs> All right. That first five minutes. Oh, that's one thing I would say. Everyone should watch the first five minutes of this movie. I mean, oh, okay, so so thumbs up for five minutes. I'll say that. Jesus, that's bullshit. No, no, thumbs down. This movie. The movie gets thumbs thumb down for me. I'm not, thumb. no, I'm not, I'm not couching at all. Thumbs down. I said thumbs down. The easiest thumbs down I'll ever say. Um, but the first five minutes are amazing, though. And yeah, that, but really that's are. all Good Willis. We love Good, good, I mean, good the, and Willis. Friend of the show. Friend, yes, we would I say mean, so. <laughs> incredible. What a, what a guy. I don't know. Uh, presumed in, I saw some of the other movies he did, and it didn't. They didn't really strike me as uh, as uh, Godfather. Me, no, of course, Godfather and Presumed Innocent was good too. But no, he did some later stuff after that that I was like, uh, was that? I can't remember. Oh, all was the President's Men. Okay, so I haven't seen that one yet. Really? He didn't do Dog Day, uh, Dog Day Afternoon though, right? He did not. He did not. I don't is, think he did. Is, no, that's that's who uh, we meant directed it, but I don't right. think we went him. No, I, um, no, but they did. I think he did. He did Annie Hall. Yeah, he did Interiors as well. Also, what do you want? I um, haven't seen that one. So you know, he I should, I, I I shouldn't have said that. He he did a quite a few Woody Allen, but then he didn't work with Woody Allen again after 1985. Mm. Also interesting, Meryl Streep, only movie she ever did with him was this one. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I think she was creeped out by him. That's a total read on that. This is a tough time in her life, too, because her, what the... Well, Kazale, um, well, not... Kazale, well, I think that's... Kazale just died. Well, Kazale, but she also got, got married. She's already married by the time this comes out. Really? Yeah, Kazale died. She got married six months later. Uh, but she's still married to that guy. I guess so that's I fine, yeah. Um, he did... She's so good. I really liked her in this. I I, I really liked seeing her. You know her. what, uh... Good Will Estate, the what? Money Pit. Yes, actually, and that would be an Which interesting one to see. Which is actually a really interestingly shot movie. Yeah, that would be an interesting one to see. I, that's I have a, some vivid remember uh, memories of them like falling like halfway through the floor. Well, that's the and the way that shot, because yeah. remember, it uh, it starts off. He's stuck in that. If you, uh, I probably should explain it. Tom Hanks is is in his house, and he has this like carpet, and the car the house is a dump. That's the yes. whole Money yes, Pit. Yes, yes, the yes, whole yes. the whole joke is the house is so shitty, and. Uh, Tom Hanks falls through the floor and he's trapped in the rug. Yes. He can't get out. And it happens during the day. Yep. But by the he's not rescued until nighttime. <laughs> right. But the way the night the the darkness is shot yes. on him is actually really impressive. I haven't seen it. And it's it so much more than like a goofy comedy deserves. So you have one of the great actors of our generation. Yes. And you have one of the great cinematographers of our generation doing kind of a goofy yeah. Shelley Long comedy. Right. And it is really entertaining it's a really good movie i remember it, liking it as a kid but i haven't seen it in probably yeah, 40 I saw years, it a few years, ago. years. It, it, it was it was it was interesting yeah um i'm sure i want to do Woody Allen again i'm i'm i definitely want to keep doing his talking about his movies i may always kind of come in with this paradigm and i might just maybe just ranting about woody allen i probably I, will feel strong because the other movies aren't as good so i'm probably you know i mean if we run into something like z league or hannah sisters or purple rose yeah. or whatever and it works for our show like it makes sense for us to cover it We'll do or it. Obviously, number one, we'll do it. Yeah. A lot of his movies didn't have huge box No, office. this was one of his bigger, adjusted for inflation, I think. And this one I picked. Uh, this actually came out in May. Um, so I, I cheated a bit here. Yeah, the, yeah, uh, but we're only in 79 for yeah. a while. And I just thought it was just a really interesting movie to talk about. No, I'm glad we did. Because I'd never seen it. I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, um, anything else with it? That's it. Okay. What a fool believes.
What a fool believes by the Doobie Brothers. Now the Doobie Brothers have had uh, like two two different lives. They did. Um, where they were way more from San Jose. Uh, they uh, formed in uh, 1970, and they were more of a jam band with like some of the southern rockish, yeah, right? I would fair. guess is how I, I would say it. Um, definitely felt more San Francisco a bit, but then you you listen to like Blackwater and Long Train Running and some of the early stuff, the early hits, and they do they feel like there's a little bit of a southern twang to them. Like totally. For example, um, here like this. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh, or like, yeah, listen to the music. Like, it's like the banjo and the strummy acoustic guitars. Totally. Southern-ish, but kind of jam-ish. Yeah. And I would say like they're a good band. Like they're a talented band. They've got like really I good like players. I like stuff in that era. Yeah. Um, so, so I listened to a lot of it in high school. Oh, I'm, you know what I mean? Like I, can, I went through my 70s phase. I agree. And 60s phase. And I love, and those are the ones that I knew more so than their next version with Michael McDonald. So from 1970 to 1977, you've got this lineup with Tom Johnson and Patrick Simmons are the, are the lead singer. So uh, listen to the, um, let's see, Blackwater. No, no, listen to the music. Uh, China Grove, those like hits were Tom Johnson's a singer. And then Patrick Simmons did the other ones. Like I think he did Blackwater and, and uh, a few of the others, but they were the primary writers too, guitarists and singers. Um. And they do so, oh, rocking down the highway is another, like, you know, it almost sounds like a 60s tune. It does. But because it, it's so it, early 70s. It does, but it, right. It's almost like you'd like, uh, who, what was I thinking? Like, uh, like I Magic they, Carpet Ride. I thought they had formed earlier, honestly. Yeah, like, me too. I was, like, I was shocked in the 70s. Because it does, some of this stuff feels very 68. Yeah, because like Zeppelin's almost like another, seven by 70, Zeppelin's like a heavier. And so heavier stuff is happening. And so you think this style right. of rock is kind of the the generation before. Right. Not quite. Yeah. Not a generation, but a Not, couple of years know I mean. before. Yeah. Right. A lot of stuff happened between sort of well, Beatles music and. changed so fast. And, yeah, yeah. Beatles and 70s. So like the, a lot so of the movies too. Right. It, it did. Um, so they, what? so, and then they add uh, Jeff Baxter is another like main um, skunk Baxter. Who's a like astrophysicist. He's, he's like a missile defense guy. Now it was a really crazy second hmm. career. We'll just talk about, but. Uh, but then in 75, what happens is they're touring so much, they're playing so much. And, um, and Johnston, the singer, uh, on this tune, he like, he's got all these ulcers. The road really takes a huge toll of him in five years and he, and his health is really in jeopardy. And they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? But because they bring in uh, skunk, ba Jeff skunk Baxter, who has all the connections to the yacht rock people. Like he was working with Steely Dan, um, <laughs> who it's, I love Celia, as you I know. know. Yeah, I know. We, we did, did Peg and Michael McDonald yeah, or whatever. But it's that... <laughs> Steely Dan was such a nexus point for the great musicians of the time um, because they, they you know, Steely Dan's two people, but they have such a big, rich sound because they kept taking all these sex session musicians in. To, they knew very... They, were, they knew what they wanted it to sound like, and so they would just get whoever they needed who was out in California to fulfill it, and Baxter was one of them. So he connected... With of course with uh, with Michael McDonald who was all over backing vocals and stuff and Peg one of my favorites, um, and brought him in to the Doobie Brothers in 1975 because they needed another strong writer, so they bring him in and their sound completely changes. Yes, it like is. a little bit slowly, but from 75 to 80, then you have things like um, uh, like uh, I learned this one early on, taken to the streets. Like way different. Yes. This is not no jammy southern rock anymore. This is more jazz inspired. Yes. Yeah. 
And his voice is so much different. Like, it really does sound like a different band. So, totally different. Totally different band. And yeah, they I do. Mean, actually, pretty, like, I listened to some of the stuff in 76, and it, it sounds like that. Like, it sounds yes. like, like it almost changed, like, overnight. Like, yes. we, we think about how they sounded in 73 and how they sound in 76. It's just fucking completely well, that's different. exactly what happened. Yeah, Johnson, like, he just had a breakdown we physically. Sick, right? Yeah, ulcers. He had yeah. bleeding ulcers, yeah. all sorts of bad shit. I mean, think about it. Yeah, the road's a tough that place. Life, yeah. that's, that's a tough, tough Especially road. Especially in the 70s, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. yeah uh, but five years, a lot of times they last a little bit longer than that. No, the band changed. They needed, so he was a predominant writer, too. They're like, we need someone to fill yeah. the gaps. Who's a great writer? And, I mean, Michael McDonald, love him or hate him. I love Michael I McDonald. Him. I love him. Awful. I mean, if you don't, I get it. He has a very, he has an unmistakable voice, which I love. Um, he's a very talented writer. His uh, he's a great keyboard player, great writer. He's he's a he's a yeah he's a musician's musician. I would say, but oh no, I would no he is he's a he's a no he's a he's a fantastic no you like all these uh, like fake soul like white soul guys no I like uh, black soul guys too I know, you know no, but I mean? you also like the white soul guys I think more than I do um you know, no you I, like I the like jazz influence that jazz yeah. I do love jazz but I like good writers and this particular song has a lot there's a lot of depth and nuance to it that you wouldn't just it. It's in, uh, this is an A plus song. Oh, this is no, an no, A no, plus no. like top of the uh, heap song. No, this is a uh, this is a song that um, I, it, it brings me to tears. Honestly, I love me this too. song. This is one of my favorite songs that's ever been written. Oh, but anyway, so, no, it really it really no. is. I, I am I'm not being I'm dead serious about this. I love this song. Um, I have been infatuated this with the song for decades. It is there is nuance here that is just it it. It's like better writing. It's a situation where I'm like, this is better writing that, than I could ever do. It's, oh, it's so got perfect. the right title. Um, <laughs> you've been saving that, haven't you? Have Good job. Thank you. Pat on the back for you. Thank you. Second funniest thing. What I mean to say is, a fool, what he's saying there is a fool is a child molester. If you look closely at it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still ran off. No, no, I get it. I understand. Uh, uh, no, but the, so, so he become like, he is really a force of nature in terms of a writer. And doing stuff with Steely Dan, um, it just made sense to to if I mean it's a style change, so it's a very strange thing that happened, but it worked because they have a bunch of other hits from I mean, it. This is their biggest hit they ever did, right? Yes, exactly. So, like, this I won mean, a Grammy. This was number one. Yes. I hate the uh, the new Doobie Brothers. Doobie Brothers two point The Michael Donaldson. It's the Tubi Brothers. The two, yeah, that's fun. Uh, yes, uh, I I think it sounds awful. I think Michael Donaldson sucks, but I will say this though. It gave them, I wonder if like having him come in and the band having a totally different sound gave them like, like it prolonged their life. Like that sound they had as much as I like it so much more. Yeah. It probably reached his expiration date right around when Johnson got sick anyway. Like you can't yeah, do that. Like can't, no. this gave them now, do you realize we're actually, a, I mean, they started 1970, right? Mm -hmm. They were, they had, the, this was the number one song of the year. In 79. Oh, no, it wasn't. In 79. No, it was number 19 of the year. Was it? Oh, was yeah, but no, it was still a I big thought, hit. I thought it, it was, was like number one. one. It, it was, was like number one. Cra like, it was like crazy numbers on it. But not for the year. Uh, it, yes, it was 19 for the year. But okay. it was still a big hit But that's hit still a them. huge... Yeah. Like, so the fact you still have a number one hit 10 years later... And uh, Keeps Me Running. Yep. Um, like there were a bunch... Taken Into the Streets was another hit. They had a bunch of... I wonder... So I should have looked. I wonder if they had more top 10s from the original before 1975 or after. I'm trying to think... They had more number ones than 2.0, right? I think they did. I think they had actually more hits because I, of... Um, what was the other one? There's another one on this album too that was uh, that was, uh, that was was a hit. Oh, where the fuck is it? Let me find it. Uh, oh, Minute by Minute. Minute by Minute by... Like it was all over adult contemporary music. Yeah. Which they could do, but... No, but 
They had, I, I think they had more hits with McDonald's. Do you think, are you saying that McDonald's kind of a joke? Um, I don't care what, I, I, I honestly don't care if other people don't. I mean, it's not like Bobby McFerrin, but like, like, but it's, but it's, it's just uh, like, like uh, oh, I know they use it in like 40 year old version. Yeah. Like, it's you just play like, that it's like me. almost like a catch all for like kind of lame, uh, like a lame or sound. I don't think it is as, like he's not as much of a joke as he was say 15 years ago when that movie came out. Yeah, sure. Cause now it's so far in the review. Like, yeah, people, it really is. And yeah. some of the dude brother stuff, I think, um, people like it. Yeah. You know, it's not like I said, I keep saying by a fair, but like, that's kind of a, people kind of rolled their eyes at that song. I don't think people rolled their eyes like at this stuff as much, you know? I mean, I, I, mean, I like, people, some people really enjoy this music. Yeah. And I remember you didn't like, uh, it keeps me running and you don't like that song either, but yeah, I, I think it's a brilliant yeah. song. It's really another yeah. beautifully written song. Um, but no, I, I you guess don't care he's kind of a joke. Well, it's not that, I mean, I like try to be my own measuring stick on these right, things. Right, right. You know what I mean? And have my own taste. I know like a bunch of my, we've, We've my friend group has loved this song forever. It has the really? best has the best turnaround I've ever heard in any piece of music ever. It really it it like haunts me how perfect it is. Like really, like when I measure myself up against this writing, the keyboard parts in this, the bass part in this, it is so sick that I'm like I can't like I'm just gonna put down the guitar. Like I can't I can't do this. When you're when I encounter writing that is so good, it's it's awe inspiring for me. I'm like I can't. I don't know how he came up with this motherfucker. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah I know. Uh, so he actually is co-wrote it with us. He co-wrote it with another, with uh, Danger Zone, my, with, uh, uh, what's his face? Oh, um, Jesus. Um, Kenny Loggins. Kenny oh, Loggins. Actually, I, I like Kenny Loggins more than uh, Michael McDonald. I and don't. Kenny Loggins kind of a, well, was kind of a joke. Maybe not anymore. I, I appreciate Kenny Loggins. I've never liked him as much as uh, as Michael McDonald. Or, or uh, it's more like connection to to um to steely dan is the thing like kenny loggins is pretty goofy but he I, is very goofy but i think he kind of like leans into it a little bit he does so it's like eh, mama I, don't dance well danger zone is a cool song yeah. actually for like the 80s like that's the, actually the a pretty bad stuff song. is good oh what did he do right? for Cash? Didn't he do Cash? i think he did i think he really did um yeah kenny i think loggins, he did kenny loggins is, is not is not i nah, i think he's he's, he's one of those guys who's gonna be like i shouldn't like this but i do like this no like, he's you can't a good writer like, you're like yeah i kind of like this his version of this is pretty good his so he released he released uh, his version six months before the Doobie Brothers did. Didn't I don't oh, think it charted. Really? But it's, I checked it out today. It's, it's not bad. The Doobie Brothers uh, version's better. You won't like it because if you don't like the Doobie Brothers version, you won't like that one. But it's not that bad. There's even, uh, there's a show that they did. I saw a live show of Kenny Loggins and um, Michael McDonald. It was like in the 90s. So Loggins is in fucking flannel. Um, they're on the stage, like outside, looks something like Mill Valley or Northern California somewhere. And they do a, like a stripped down version of this with an acoustic guitar and some piano and stuff. And it's like really well done. Like they, he's, uh, Kenny Loggins rips the shit out of singing this thing. And you have McDonald, who's an amazing, um, he does amazing, uh, um, harmonies, like just nailing beautiful harmonies with it. Like they're legit. The thing with McDonald is he is Michael McDonald's. If you think he's cheesy, I understand that. I totally get it. And if you don't like it, I totally get it. But he's a, an extremely skilled writer and I love his voice. And he did the hardest, the hardest harmonies I've ever heard in my life on Peg. There it is. That's fucking hard. Those are so close harmonies. That, that, that is so incredibly difficult to sing those in tune because the notes are so close together. It's hard to hear the difference between one and another. You just feel like you're always out of tune. And there was no fucking pitch correction to do that. That is incredibly hard to do. And it's, 
and it fits so well in that song, Peg. I know we hit it when we, we covered, covered it. We covered Peg in the 78 episode, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, it was, a, it was so, my right. episode. My birthday, I think, right? I think that's why we did it. Because of 78. No, I think, no, no, seven, no, no, we did 78 because we did our 100th anniversary. Our 100th is that show. What, yeah. Oh, is that what it was? Right. Yeah, so yeah, 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 we're doing we our two, you know, that's right. eventually. That's right, that's right. No, but, you, you pick Peg. No, so uh, Peg stinks too. Uh, Which song do you like better? This one or Peg? I like this one better. Oh. I think. That's an A plus song too. That's C minus songs. What? They're both C minus. Nah, songs. those, those are A plus, both nah. A plus songs. They are amazing songs. The turn. Oh, I don't know. That, that, I can't. It's like yeah, it's, it's picking two perfect. It, it is tough actually. Two to perfect, two, yes. two perfect songs. Well, that's not it. <laughs> um. So I did want to show though. Okay. What makes it amazing is the piano. So the song in the verse is really two chords. It's just one chord to another. But it's so nuanced because they're doing suspensions on the top and this cool bass line on the bottom. A suspension is this. This is what it sounds like. Here's this nice major chord. A suspension is when you do this. That's a suspension because it makes you want to go back to the chord. Another one. Woman. Right? Yeah. That's yeah. a suspension. So he's doing all these like cool suspensions on top on the keyboard and this crazy bass line on the bottom. Here's the, here is it stripped down, just the piano. This is an instructor who like breaks it down and showing how to play it. Suspensions on top. Doo -doo. Check this out. Boom, 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 boom. It's all not. So you hear like there's this huge moving baseline below with these beautiful suspensions on top. That's fucking great writing. And it's just two chords. It's going from one chord and part of it to another chord. But because it's so rich, you don't feel like that at all. You feel like there's a lot of moving parts to it. It's really cool. And the best turnaround in the world is this. Uh, I mean, you... It, Turnaround brings you back to the beginning of the phrase again, and it happens right here. The dump bump bump bump. What's going on is the bass is going in the opposite direction, the exact opposite direction of the of the piano stuff on top, and it's like it just it's just fucking sublime to me. I I don't know. I love it. Second I love it so much. Is when you turn the volume down on this, it shut it off. Yeah, so, that's too bad you don't like it. I I yeah. get it, but it is. An, I I well, really. I, mean, I have a question for you. Like Mac McDonald. Like I feel like whenever I think of Mac McDonald, I think some guy. I always not so much with this song. Yeah. But other songs, especially more solo stuff, I guess. It's like I feel like he's like fucking pounding the keys. I feel like the piano when he when he's playing the piano, it's like so I feel like loud or powerful. Is the right word. But like it's just like it's like um. What's the word for? It's like. He's mashing it. Yeah. Um, I never feel like that. I when I listen to the songs that he writes, I kind of he bounces a lot. So he's a bouncing right hand to left hand. That's a technique um where so you're not playing both at the same time. Um, and it's a way to create some like a comp, like some rhythm out of it that uh propels the song in a particular way. Like I want the song to feel like this, so I make this rhythm, and that bounce from the the bottom of the keyboard to the top is that's pretty normal um i wonder if it's more jazz inspired like he's definitely you go these jazz inspired bro. i like jazz in general some of the best music ever made has been yeah. jazz like you listen to miles Davis, kind of blue is like one of my favorite albums beautiful album 
Um, no, I like, yeah, it's, it's, it's more complicated music, of course, but when you hear the hot 100 all the time, you listen to radio like we did when we grew up and you hear the, the, a lot of these songs just sound like the same repetitive thing over and over. You want something that expands the range a little bit. Jazz. You don't, but there's, there's not a lot. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, But you don't, um, I wonder, yeah, I mean, you don't, but, but I, I, I just get sick of the same. If I it's almost the same like this sounded the same. Like this jazz stuff. I've been oh, doing no. this show, and unfortunately, because I know you like it, so you know we're hitting all these like jazz things. I'm like, oh, they like all how many sound- peg in this one? No, 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 no. Who's the guy I hate? The Hornsby man. Yeah, Bruce Hornsby. Yeah, yeah, I don't like him. There's other there's other people do. You have. Oh yeah, there there are. You definitely have like you like you. There's a certain kind of sound you like, and it is it is this. I'm not saying it all sounds the same, but you hear mm. the themes, you know. So I like. But the thing is, I find excellence in every style of music. So if we hit country music, they, country right. music is going to have the same vibe. But you're vibe. picking these songs, and you specifically pick songs, a lot of them, uh, that have, like, a jazz influence. I'm not saying they all sound the same, but there's, uh, you, you hear traces of it, you know? Or they're jazz. Like, think about, like, just go through some... There is, like, there's a lot of... Think about how many times we say the word jazz on this show. I don't um, know how many. I can't think of any. I don't even know if there are that many songs. Maybe there were a handful, 10. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe, or maybe a little more. But, like, yeah, but no, it's not like it's every episode. Well, Bruce Hornsby, if we had to... There was a reason why we had to cover that one, but uh, right, I did pick pay. I mean, you know, I, I, I love right. Steely Dan. So if we're right. gonna some of the extended universe of Steely Dan, mm. and we run into it, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about it. But this is one of my favorite songs ever written. I you love I love this and song. You have Peg. I do, but it is an amazing song. The guitar solo in Peg is maybe the best guitar, guitar solo ever. Than this. I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I don't make me pick. Don't don't make no. me pick favorites between my <laughs> my favorites. Uh, uh, but no, I love but all styles. I love. There's a lot. Of, there's metal that I love too. I, I know. Mean, I know. Coheed and Cambrian. Like it, yeah, there's yeah. tons of. But I feel like we haven't hit a ton of metal. We it's hit jazz. They like, never fucking hit right, the hot right, one. But this was more popular. Right. It, yacht rock was more popular in the late seventies. So we're gonna. I like we're gonna some hit yacht some rock. This. I don't like this. Like what? Name some yacht rock you like. Uh, oh Christ. Like seals and crops. You like? No. What's the um cool change? Is a song? Yeah, that's a piece of shit song, but okay. Oh, no, it's a really Time good song. For, no, it's not a bad song. A cool oh. change. It's it not right. Little, little River Band. That's that is Little River Band. Um, no, uh, I don't know. I'm terrible with, uh, yeah, I know. It's, what was the joke? I listen to uh, Bill Simmons does a podcast every week with uh, uh, Cousin Sal. Bill yep. Simmons is kind of annoying. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, but they, it's, it's, it's all about football gambling. It's um, it's every Monday morning they do it, and they guess the lines to the next week. It's kind of a fun NFL recap. They go over the lines. But uh, he was talking about how um, if you listen to Yacht Rock, like the station on XM, they don't yeah, say yeah. XM because they're so cowardly. Oh, that's what they're saying. stupid. They're like, every other song is Steely Dan. Yeah, and there's like, a lot yeah, of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, there's uh, a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's, I mean, hmm. When does it go from yacht rock to just adult contemporary? That's the thing. Yeah, right. I know it's such a thin line, right? And it I guess is, yeah. I guess it's I guess for me, yacht rock and is like typically male singer, right? And yeah. in that like seventy seven to eighty four time frame, like anything beyond that, it probably doesn't sound like yacht no, rock it anymore. Doesn't. It doesn't. It's like you know, like they like like was it sailing by Chris Cross? Yeah, Chris uh, Cross. That, that like, first album, that Christopher Cross album, that first album's really good. Like, so like you have like that. So like yeah. I say like but that's but that's Michael McDonald produced that album. His first album, that was Michael McDonald produced that it. song. It's okay. Like I couldn't listen to it a lot, but like I like that song more than this. That's sort of interesting he produced Sailing's that. Sailing's really pretty. Yeah. Um but no, I say I say like like yeah, like when I throw on the Yacht Rock station on XM, like I'll just skip like every other song until like it doesn't allow me to skip anymore. The kings of Yacht Rock are really Steely, Steely Dan. Dan. Well, and Michael McDonald and yeah. uh Kenny Loggins. That, See, like and they the were Kenny Loggins everywhere. Like. They were everywhere. You're right. To partnering with all sorts of people, right. helping people out, yeah. producing all these records. They it's it's that like sort of Southern California sound, mm. LA sound. Uh was it's funny that out. like, you know, a couple years later, 
from that same general area is Huey Lewis and has a completely different sound. It's true that 80s, yeah, because it was more, that he's more New York though. It's very strange. Because that horn section, he, he does not way feel, more New York. he's from San Francisco. I know, that's yeah. what I'm saying, he's from that very area, strange. I know. Yeah, but, but that's what happens. He's a big so giant fan. That's right, uh, right. Yeah. Uh, didn't he sing, he sang the anthem there, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that makes complete sense. Um, no, but everything's a reaction to the music that you hear all the time. It, the humans, so as, as I say, I get sick of all the songs on the radio, so I need to expand the palette so I listen to more complicated music, thus jazz. But other, no, but other people are the same way too. They, they start to push back against all the music that they're hearing at the time. So of course, Huey Lewis is a lot different in 19, you know, the early 1980s than the other stuff that was happening in Yacht Rock because it's just a reaction to but the other stuff that was odd, going though, on. I mean, on the other side, though, he is, because he was older when he got when he got his break. That's true, too. So he was their age. You would have thought that he naturally would have gravitated more towards the doing, sound. He was doing jam music before then, though. Right. He was. That was his, his provide, was it, I'm probably forget. was it Rainbow? Was it, I can't remember. There's some yeah, yeah. name of his band, but uh, he was, they were more of a jam band. And yeah, I think, uh, I think it was just a reaction, want to do something different. Um, but also, Steely Dan wasn't always Yacht Rock. If you think about like Reeling in the Years, that song is not a Yacht Rock song. Something like the bigger, or I'm a fool to do your dirty work. That's not a Yacht Rock song. That's that's like late 60s. That might be 1970, late 60s. That's, I don't not, know. that's not a bad song. Right I love that song. That song. Beautiful song. Uh, different singer, though. Um, they had a different uh, like singer for that so, one. Every time these banshee singers, they get worse. Well, he was, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Fagan was was insecure right. about his voice. Right. Oh, that's right. We talked about that. Yeah, and it, and it makes sense. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but it works for this. It worked for the style. You love it. You love it. Matt loves it. Matt gets I don't excited. Lo I don't love all of uh, Steely Dan, but I love the album Asia, and there's probably, I don't know, it's probably 20 songs I love by them. What a what a, what a a nice, fun episode for Maggie to talk about his hero, Woody Allen, and his other hero. Uh, You're such a dick like for saying that. <laughs> That's quite, quite a, quite a uh, no, it was fun to talk about. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad that we watched Manhattan, because I, I don't know that I would have seen it otherwise, because yeah, I, I know your a, objection to it. I so. think it's a must for any film yeah. Buff, you know, and yeah, you're yeah. gonna, you know, talk film. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's the manipulation. Some of the stuff, Alan. Because uh, hey, you know, at the end of the day, Woody Allen is very bright. Yes. So it, it is, it is interesting to see a very bright person try to, in my opinion, to try to manipulate yeah. people. But uh, yeah, and then uh, you know, Matt likes the, uh, the. I like the Doobie. The Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody wants, if anybody's interested in like, uh, I just didn't get into too much of the tech. There's so much technical stuff. You should do a with Patreon. The song. Yeah, I might do it. I might. I don't know. Just the time. But if people have questions about, it. you have to do the thing, and if people like it, you know. If people like it, it makes me happy. Maybe people like it. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Um, but uh, yeah, there's tons of layers in the song. It's so it's so deep, but um, I won't get Are you excited it. for the live show? You're going to go into deep. Uh, we have the 1979. We'll keep it light. We'll keep it light. Really? We'll just keep it light. All right. All right. I don't know what we'll do. I, I, still have to, know. Right, I need to prepare for it. We have, you know, I got to, I have to think about some stuff um, and uh, get into it, but. I'll have enough time. I, it doesn't sound like a lot of time, but I'll, we have, I'll, we have a week. I'll worry. Yeah, but I'll worry about our Wednesday episode. And then I'll start really worrying about the, the, um, right. I mean, that's more, yeah, two days. That's good. Thursday, Friday. Yeah, I guess two days. No, but that's plenty for, for, yeah, uh, for that, huh? well, I usually prepare for like three yeah. hours for, for besides right. like watching the movie and stuff and thinking about it. But, uh, yeah. Are people going to be able to hear, like when we play, you play these clips, <laughs> are people going to be able to hear it? Is the crowd going to hear you it? You don't understand that like the computer hears it like when, when we're recording it out into the computer Most people don't understand that like, well, no i'm saying you don't yeah, understand yeah, like, you've been watching you've been here i watching, hear my headphones so i won't have to wear headphones right the, no you're gonna have it you're no, gonna have your no, headphones no no, 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 no no you don't want to hear it because there'll be echo it'll be weird for you because because think of how speakers are in a movie theater you are gonna feel weird with you talking you're gonna hear it on other oh, parts no. of the road you will 
That's why you need to have your headphones oh, on. Oh shit! I didn't yes. think about that. Yeah, I'm gonna have Fuck. to. I'm gonna have to think about how the the show works. Um, we'll have to do some testing earlier in the day on Saturday oh, no. to make sure that I sounds I right. I hadn't even thought about that. You didn't know oh, that you're gonna no. have to wear headphones. You always wear headphones. No, it's not that. I never thought about how because I hate hearing my own voice. We'll test like, it. We'll no, test I mean, it. Yeah, I hate hearing my voice. Anyways, I'm sure anyone listening does. No, but I mean, I hate hearing myself talk. Yeah. Like even if I had a voice like Ruth Bandros, I don't want to. I don't want to hear my own. I don't want to hear because I'm trying to think of the next thing to say. I don't want to hear myself. You want to I get, I get in the way again? of my thoughts. Oh, I see. Yeah, you can't concentrate on that. You have to really concentrate on. No shit. I don't know if I'm. Gonna fucking, yeah, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. I'm gonna be so grumpy by like ten minutes in, or I'm gonna go crazy. I Either way, I think it'll be fun. If you go crazy, if you go crazy and shit yourself, uh, this is oh, gonna be a great, so great show. I was for like, the people. I was really, I was like, oh, I'm so happy. I don't have to hear myself. I don't have to like wear headphones rather. Are you now, insane? No, I just didn't think about you it. You got to think these things through, motherfucker. I'm not a, produ- like, I'm not a producer, yes, Matt. We're going to do the show like we always do the show. No, but we're not. This yes, is, we are. No, all right, apparently I'm going to have my own voice you, blasting back at me. No, it's going to go side to side, I think. I don't know how it's going to... Because, well, think about what happens when you're in an audience in a movie theater. It's, it, they right. send it this I'm way. I'm not talking... I'm not talking into a microphone when I'm in an audience movie theater. So it's completely different. Congratulations. No, but I do. But actually, what? <laughs> it could be. It oh, could thank be, you. Yes. <laughs> it could be that the speakers are set up different. Now, I'll have to think about it because I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe they tore the speakers out and it's just speakers that go out. Uh, we'll have to look into it. We're going to make it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna and if you through. suck, they'll make fun of you. Uh, that's fine. The audience will make fun of you. They'll be drinking yeah, too. They'll probably I'll throw be, shit I'll be too. okay. I'll be, I'll be okay. I'm guessing. Well, you said I'm, you might go crazy. You might I might yourself. go crazy, but that's bad for you probably. Um, I think no matter how it goes, it'll be bad. Either in a good mood, I have everyone make fun of you, or I'm in a bad mood, everyone make fun of you. Uh, Either way, it ends the same. You should definitely be on your uh, on your game for this one, my friend. My game? On your game? I'll be, I think I'll be okay. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Poor Carano. He's going he's gonna to get destroyed. He'd- I don't think so. <laughs> I'm so. never destroyed on the show. I don't think that oh, this really? is going to be any different. Destroyed by on you? This show? No, never. Oh, okay. Destroyed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I'm ever destroyed. Show's over. <laughs> we we kept going. That's not destroyed. Jeff <laughs> Picaro died from pesticide. <laughs> I yelled, but that doesn't mean I was destroyed. <laughs> You can have a fight and not be destroyed. Barry McFerrin is the greatest. It's like you think I'm musical so, like, I'm, like, I'm, of all time. Like I'm lost. Think about all these- yeah, but think about like I'm a loss for words. Destroyed. Like I oh I was so shocked you, you by your brilliance saying, that I didn't say anything. You keep saying words. Ooh, just they, they just get more and more ridiculous. That's the, the funny part. I don't think it gets worse. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it does. I'm actually looking forward to this. Going to be funny. It'd be good. It'd be good. No, the show is going to be good. People are going to have a good time. It'll be fun to do. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have a good time. I love doing live stuff like this. Uh, I've, uh, I've never done a podcast live. I've done improv live. I've done sketch comedy I mean, it's live. I've really done. Yeah, yeah this I'm is not, I'm, I'm basically sure improv. Be, be, be fun. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, it yeah, is. I know. Um, well, and you don't have to, I think you have to worry about, there's like, le- it's less to do when you're doing the podcast than you doing fucking, um, oh, doing, yeah. sketch, or ways, doing right. sketch comedy or even, even improv comedy. I don't uh, like the whole microphone and head, 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 that to me is only. But that's Welcome to the fucking professional world. This is how it's fucking professional done. Professional world. What did you do when you were doing uh, UCB? Wasn't there? You didn't have no, mics, no mics on no, you. No, no. no. Was it just a little enough room that? Yeah, could hear? I mean, it, it honestly, we. Well, I guess we have to for this fucking show because we record it. But yeah. um, if we had gotten a smaller room, we wouldn't need. You don't need microphones. Like, nah, and you, you project would... really well. No, we'd be fine. Uh... You really would be. I, I mean, I've done. I mean, UCB was a Christ. I mean, you figure. Now they might have had mics set up. They probably did. They probably have mics in the four, mics somewhere. But um, 
I don't know. It wasn't noticeable. It wasn't like on the floor. I should, I know it was on the floor. It might've yeah. been a pie though. Yeah. Um, they had a sound guy, I guess a guy in a sound, you know, to play music and stuff. Yeah. He came in, but they probably had some sort of sound. They must've. I think they had speakers. Even if we're in a small room, we're, we'll always be mic'd up. It's, that's how it's just going to be. I'm sorry. You, you've done 203 shows now. Oh, I don't like, this. like it. Well, I don't care. I know you don't care, but I'd say I don't like it. I don't like it. It's but, annoying. It uh, doesn't feel natural. I think it, I think it, it's very restrictive. I'd love to have it so like we didn't have to have any of this stuff. We'll I just, get you I a head think, mic. You want to do the want to no. do the Jerry Callahan head mic? No, Carano. <laughs> uh, no, I just I just don't like any. I like it to be as conversational as possible. I, I mean, get it. You know, that's why we don't. We never like tell each other how we, we're going to, you know, it's as spontaneous as possible. Yeah. I think having the microphone and the headset is like even more like, it's just a reminder. It's like, oh shit, it's right on a podcast. You know, I, I like it when it's as conversational. It's so as weird what you can't just like get over like this. I don't even think about this anymore. I don't even think about this. Well, I don't like, I feel it. It's here. It's there. It's, I see it. I'm aware. I'm, see, I'm like, you. I'm aware of my surroundings. No, constantly. me too. But you can also, yeah, yeah, you yeah. also have the, the ability to block shit out. I guess you're just too obsessive about the, you have the, the ear thing. I do it. I do the show. I mean, I do a great job on the show. And some would say much better than you. Sometimes I mean, you do. You know, okay so, job. I mean, I do a Sometimes fantastic you do job. All right. show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, obviously I'm able to work. I'm able to jump over these That's hurdles. That's what I mean. Yeah, you I know. know. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I know. Someone say I'm here. There's this disadvantage that you have right in front of me. <laughs> no, but I do. I do hate it though. And, I, I, oh, that's the, too bad. Uh, I wish you'd get to a place I, where it, it was. It pinches my ears sometimes. I just not comfortable. It's, it's so. If it was so great, I want to wear headphones everywhere they go. It's not that great, believe me. And the, the headphones. Have you been in the world lately? People wear headphones no matter where they go oh, now. No, 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 no. Yes. They wear the earbud thing. The kids wear the earbud. They wear both. I, I know what's happening. No, with the they kids. wear these like th like this, like this. Oh, some wireless people do. Not everyone does. A lot, but everybody is in head earbuds all the time. Well, what the fuck are you talking about? Something. But I'm saying they don't wear it when they're not listening to something. If this is so great, everyone will just walk around with these all the time. You know what I'm saying? Do like what are you saying, even, old man? They so, do walk around no, with them all the time. Without even having anything on. You are so old no, right now. No, I'm not being old. I'm saying if these- You are the only no. person in the world who doesn't no, walk around with this. No, listen what I'm saying. You're too busy trying to be funny. If you have the headset on, if people like this so much, they would have this on everywhere they went, no matter, even if there wasn't sound playing. That's dumb. Right. It, it is dumb. It's dumb we have to wear these. That's what my point is. The ones at KMS, they pinch my ear at the Good. bottom. Good. I don't like it. No. I mean, they, yeah, I, they, they did that on purpose. They gave you the shitty version of the headphones there just to fuck with you. And I have to wear, Where did you sit, I, by the way? I have to wear the headphones. You weren't. The headset so, because I, uh, I, it's the only way I can hear Dave. Yeah, of course. I know, yeah. He's in a fucking Otherwise room. I wouldn't have mine. That's ridiculous. Uh, why so, is it ridiculous? No, but where, if I'm in the same room with somebody, why do I have to have, why? Do, why? Because you want to know how you sound in I the don't, recording. I don't. I tell him to turn it down. No, you need to know how you sound in the recording. I don't. You can't turn, listen. Why? He can't turn you down in your headphones and not him down in your headphones. If he turns you down, he turns himself down. I know. That's not so how I, this I, works. I know. I have him turn it down just so I can hear him, but then also so I don't. I, I mean, you hear yourself at the same volume. I try not. I, I wish there was a way to make it. I would I, say, I, there I, isn't, but the yes. first, how many episodes of this show did I do that had no headphones? Every episode of Hamstercast, I do not have headphones on. I mean, you know, I mean, you want <laughs> right. kind so, of a hack outfit there, don't you think? What? Why? It still sounded great. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah. Some people prefer that show to this one, by right. the way. Uh, mm. We have an Australian friend that does. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Uh, no, I like that show. I'm just giving you shit, of course. Uh, but uh, what was I saying about the fucking head? Yeah, I mean, it's just it's the way it's good. Oh, I was going to ask you, where do you sit in the room? Where did you sit with Mike today? Well, that was or weird. Yesterday? Uh, so uh, Mike sat in the chair that I usually sit in. Yes. So they, Dave, which actually was, was helpful for me, there. Dave put a chair right next to Kirk's desk. So yeah. like I'm like a sidecar on like a motorcycle. So you were looking but at the nice thing is I could look at I could see Dave. Oh right. Because he's not usually being when I sit in that side that sidekick chair, blocked I can't by the monitor. I can't yeah, yeah I can't yeah, see yeah, Dave yeah. at all. Yep, yep. So I'm actually 
I'm, I'm blind to Dave during, so I, it was nice to be able to actually see him. Yes. Um, yeah, that helps. Uh, so that was good. But yeah, I, I wish I didn't. It's weird. They should, they actually should put the mic chair on the other side because then Mike could all, well, no, Mike's blind. I guess it see. doesn't matter. But anybody else who's sitting there, it would make sense to see Dave. Well, I would like, yeah, I'd love to have it so I don't have to wear a headphones yeah, it's, or it's, a microphone or anything. But I mean, a microphone, maybe like you have like one of those uh, ones like you put on like a, like a TV person has, like a, like on, on one the of those microphones. They're just not as good. I know, but that would be great. That's what I would have. You actually, some on Broadway, they're just so expensive. The ones on Broadway okay. are nicer. I, I wouldn't want to have the pack though either. That would drive me crazy. Um, I yeah. want as little restrict. I just want to be just like. No, like, you want to be free. I know. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's just not the world that we live in anymore. Anymore. I don't think any, you could ever probably do that. Could, well, I mean, no, I mean, there were, you know, theater shows without any microphones a oh, yeah. uh, hundred years ago, but uh, no, this is, this is where we are now. Sorry. It doesn't bother me at all. I'm so used to it. I was singing into headphones and a microphone. It doesn't bother you, but it, it bothers me. It's annoying. I don't like it. I'm just saying, be like me. I don't want to be like well, that. I'm is sorry. not it's, what it's I want to do. That is, that is very it's a better way to be. It's not. It really it's, is. It's really not. Uh, I mean, just the Dewey Brothers alone is a reason not, not to. Related. Not related. Not <laughs> related. Uh, I so yeah. Do you think you're gonna be extra corny on the live show or like as corny? I say. As you are I like or to say. Corny? I like to say just corny. Edgy? I like just. Who knows? That's the thing. Yeah. Is you don't know what you're gonna get. I know. I know. You're a wild card. You don't know. I'm just. I could be all over the place. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Don't even know. You you know nothing. You don't know what it's gonna be like. But I think it'll be fun either way. So come if you haven't. <laughs> uh, if you haven't bought tickets, fucking buy tickets. It. That's good. That's good. Yeah. No. We. Uh, yeah. We're not gonna sell out. It looks. I'm guessing. Right. Or maybe too. I don't think so. No. Probably not. Right. I don't think so. But I didn't think that that was. I no, I did. I, I mean, it, well, I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You room's too big. It's a big room for us. <sighs> well, and I don't. I think more people who listen to the show are actually in Massachusetts, so it's a little bit further a drive for them. Mm. I mean, it's our home base, Making but that doesn't mean now, it's them. Yeah, it's I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. Yeah. I'm just saying you're not the draw that you thought you were. <laughs> that was a draw at all. Not, I mean, I'm you've not, been. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a producer of a been, podcast. Uh, I'm just a regular I'm guy. Just, you know? You're our regular guy, but you were just speaking to a hundred thousand people. I, I just figured. Not anymore. All contrary, my friend. No, it was good. I said this below before the show, but it was good to hear you uh, and uh, and and Dave and Mike talking. Uh, it was nice to have that as a as something to listen to when I was driving around today. It was fun, uh, Mike. Uh, the nice, thing, you know, it was it was really odd. Not having Kirk there, just yeah. like you're in the studio and in the, stuff in that space, yeah, really strange. Yeah. That was odd. But doing, I've done enough shows with Dave now, and I've done you know, between the Cheer stuff, being on Blind Mike Project a couple times or whatever, just like just interactions with Mike now yeah. the last couple of years. So like Mike and I now, I feel really comfortable with Mike. So like it wasn't weird at all talking with those guys. Yes, um, I'm so thankful that I had even like the goofy Cheer stuff or yeah. you know the experience. You know, obviously with Dave being there, but like that made it really easy to kind of lean back on that. And then yeah. it made it so it wasn't as weird or clunky as it could have been. Cause it was just kind of, we're all so comfortable so that we can just kind of bust balls and yeah, have fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we all kind of know each other's strengths and weaknesses and kind of know how each other speaks. Like all of you have that awareness. You think? Um, I, I think so. Okay. I, to some extent. Yeah. Um, I think so. Okay. Is that a dig on Colin? Is that uh, what you're doing? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, to Colin's credit, oh, he knows, my speech pattern now. Yeah, like, he does. And he knows my speech pattern because he's done so many shows, both of us. So he knows when to jump in, jump out. Mike, you know, I've listened to, you know, Mike for oh, right. so of long course. now, yeah. I mean, thousands of hours. So, yeah. and then Mike's working with me a few times now. Yep. So he's kind of used to when I stop and start and stuff. He's listening on KMS. So, um, so, and even we had Mike on this yeah, show. You, and actually you both were in that, uh, you both were with Kirk we both one did, time that too. That so really that, helped. Yes, exactly. That yeah. helped this, ep that episode a lot. So, I mean, 
look, I mean, it's obviously, you know, we never pretended it's going to be anything like it is with Kirk there, you know. No, of course. Uh, you know, we just try and just uh, no, but it was still nice have to hear. Some fun. It was just like, it, it felt more comfortable and just like hanging out, hopefully hanging out like just up a, a few buddies. Yeah. Because we just been now working together for a long time. That would have been, that was like my first or second time in the studio. I don't know why that would happen. You know what I mean? Or my first second time working with Mike or Dave, it would have yeah. been really hard. Yeah, yeah. Because it was already weird enough. Yeah. Um, But it was fun. I mean, I, I'll do it. I'd be happy to do it again. I have, I love, the, the, that's the thing. It's like, it's just fun hanging out with those guys and yeah. then just like doing a show with them. Totally. Because they're both, I, I, I bust Conan's balls, but it's fun. You can give him shit he never gets yes, mad. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I think Mike's, no, really, he takes Mike's really quick and funny. So yes. it's really just fun doing a show with those guys. Yeah. So, I mean, however, I mean, if Kirk wants us to stop, obviously we'll stop. I mean, it's, it's a KMS, it's his show, but if people like it or don't mind it and it's, it's fun for us to do, I'll keep doing it. It's, it was a blast. Yeah. I said before uh, the show too, that, uh, you know, I've listened to a lot of right wing shit and all the political shit. It was nice to like consume content that wasn't that. Yeah. And it's you know? like, just kind of a light, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, obviously I guess, you know, if we keep doing it, we'll be, it'd be topical of the show, but I think it's, you know, with Mike and I, it's going to be probably pretty goofy, yeah. like topical, but yeah. not, you know, it's not going to be as serious as typical, like a right wing, like Jerry show. Jerry has a much more serious, totally. Um, you know, point from it, which is, you know, if that's what you're looking for, that's going to be a great option. But if you're looking for kind of like a lighter, a thing, lighter I thing. Guess, uh, but I don't know, I mean, who knows? I mean, I said, you know, and then the other thing too, I was thinking is that Conan might end up getting busy. Like you have the case. Oh, that's true. And then you have the Wilbur stuff. Like maybe in January, like if we, let's say we do this, you know, every week or every other week for a month or whatever. And January, you might be like, you know what? I fucking, yeah, balls I'm, the wall. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm actually, I can't do it. Yeah, because the case is supposed to come out before Wilbur. So that's going to be crushed. I, I imagine January's going to be crushed. Like he said he yeah. has like more time he knows to do with right now, but I don't think that's <laughs> for long. Probably not. Because the case itself seems like a really challenging thing to do. Oh my I know God. He's got Harrison helping him, but every episode, yeah, but every Oh no, and that's not a dig on Harrison. Every episode is an album. It's, if it's a forty-minute episode with a bunch of tracks on it, to make that sound okay is fucking hard. Every episode, trying to keep that narrative right from yes, episode to episode, even within the episode, yeah. like you're trying to tell a story. It's that's really challenging. It's fucking hard. So you have all that. Also, like some of the interviews, like you know, you have to make them sound as good as they can because yeah. maybe you had to get them on on the fly. And then on top of it, the Wilbur seems like a major endeavor. Oh so, yeah, that's like, that's a full that is a I'm show. Like, that's a Broadway guys, show. I know, like whatever Kirk's taking time right now and obviously he is for his mental health and that's all but like that's schedule oh if you took kms away he's gonna be balls of the wall in january i would think that's a lot think, to, to yeah. produce a show at the wilbur and deal do with the case yeah, one of the biggest podcasts in the world it's a lot it's a lot <laughs> just that's a lot yeah that's a, that's a pacing show like you need that's blocking like that that wilbur show when we talked about it uh when kirk was talking about doing it, you know before the pandemic was happening and uh, I was like, this is because I, I remember we talked about it uh, when I was on the show sometime. I was like, this is a major show. Like, this is not fucking around. This is like, you know, full lighting, full sound, blocking, timing has to be good. Need a stage manager. Like, this is not fucking around. Um, so, no, Dave is going to be. That, that's that's, that's too, too, busy, two, but, two challenging things right there. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think Mike and I and Dave's attitude, all of it was like, all right, well, we'll see if people like this at all. And if so, maybe we'll do it next week or maybe we won't like depending on, you know, and obviously it all hinges on what well, I hope wants, do. So. I'd love to listen to it again. Um, but yeah, but, uh, it was, it was definitely fun. I said it was just easy because of my familiarity with Mike, with Mike and Dave that yeah. was made it. Cause otherwise I think it would have been really, yeah. See that cheer. So finally pays off. Yep. Loves the sing. Well, why is that thing? a bad thing? Why is it a smirk? Saying, it's, just, it's a fact. But why, I don't understand why that's a bad thing. Though. I never said it was bad. A, a little smirk I way. never what, said it was bad. Then, what do you think of it then? Do you think it's bad or good? Uh, You're going to have to funny. make a judgment on it. It's funny that I sing? 
I mean, sometimes, I just sing little yeah. ditties, whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. Cheers, that was for you. I know, yeah, it's good. Anything else you want to do tonight, or should we uh, <laughs> should we call it good? I guess it's good. So we're back on. Uh, oh, next time you hear us, will be the lot. No, I'm sorry, will be nothing. Will be the next time you hear us, will be Kramer vs. Kramer. No show on Saturday, and then the unless you're coming to the live show, right? And the following week, you'll hear the live show, um, right? On Saturday, and then and then um, whatever the Sunday oh, and then shows. Primal Fear. Oh yeah, I forgot we we're gonna do that. I need to pick a song for that too, but I, I still put it Slack and everything too. But yeah, yeah. It's, that's. That seems, that seems very far away, but it's probably not, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, right? It's Having the live show bounce in, it's weird. It is a little weird. Um, Just taking it one day. I hope we will see you guys on Saturday. Yep, see ya.